So remember the name. Now who you gonna call? Now who you gonna call? If you ever riff with people one of us, break out before you get bum rushed. At the wild, wild west. When I roll into the wild, wild west. When I stroll into the wild, wild west. When I bounce into the wild, wild west. Cisco, Cisco. It is 007, a James Bond podcast. Finally coming to you for Ben's thoughts on No Time to Die because I haven't seen it, but fuck it, I'm going to give you my thoughts on it anyway. It was shit. I hated it. I can't believe that they brought back Moonraker and made him go into space and Drax was back and Holly Goodhead. Bullshit. Boom. Boom. No Time to Die. There we go. That's my thoughts. Let's move on to something better. Cowboys and Aliens because in all seriousness... I have still not seen No Time to Die at the time of recording this. It's still three weeks away. I bought my ticket today. Yes, it's progress. But uh, we thought rather than wait and make our loyal listener wait extra time for more thoughts on No Time to Die, we do a filler episode featuring everybody's favourite Bond, Daniel Craig, as we conclude our first series of Bond actors in other movies. And we are up to Daniel Craig as we go over the 2011 forgotten movie, Cowboys and Aliens, starring Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford. Ford! Ford! Uh, directed by John Favreau and also featuring a pretty star-studded cast in, a, in an interesting movie. I, I'm, I just said to Colin off air, I was really looking forward to talking about this as soon as I finished watching this movie, so I am I'm intrigued to see how we go today. My name is Ben, and... It's all the same, only the names will change. Every day seems we're wasting away. <laughs> Another place where the faces are so cold. I drive all night just to get back home. I'm a cowboy and aliens on a steel horse I ride. I'm wanted, wanted. Dead or alive. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Uh, I feel I should break up my Kid Rock now, uh, just to keep the theme, but I won't. Uh, my name is Colin, and once upon a time, movie existed featuring cowboys and aliens, and this is it. <laughs> and that's our review of cowboys and aliens. Let's move on to our first segment: rankings, rankings, baby. Um. Yeah, Cowboys and Aliens, Colin. When we, when we worked out what we're going to do, the first sort of round uh, of all of our six Bond actors, we straight away, Zardoz, straight away, Beautician and the Beast. And I'm pretty sure this was maybe the next one where we were like straight away, Cowboys and Aliens, because I guess it was this or Layer Cake maybe that were kind of the obvious ones for Daniel Craig. But I, I was very excited when you said, let's do Cowboys and Aliens, because for some reason... I had never seen this movie. I have no idea why I never watched this movie. And 
I'm going to say this right now. I'm sad I didn't watch this movie because I'm saying this right now. I enjoyed this movie. This movie was great. Screw you, Colin. Screw you, critics. This movie is great. Yay, Cowboys and Aliens. (laughs) Oh, boy. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, (laughs) I I saw this movie when it first came out. Not immediately. I think I saw it, you know, a couple weeks after it came out. Uh, I remember being really excited. Okay. James Bond and Han Solo are making a movie that features cowboys and aliens with the guy that made Iron Man. How can you lose? And then I saw the movie and I'm like, well, that was underwhelming. It's one of these movies. You probably have this experience where often you walk out of a movie and you have a very strong feeling about it. Like, oh, I love this movie or oh, I hate this movie. And then you have movies like this where, you know what? Uh, Something just didn't click with me. Maybe it was just my mood. Maybe it was... uh, you know, being distracted during the movie. Maybe it was, the movie was different than I expected, which it was. Uh, and then you always think to yourself, if I went back and rewatched that movie, I might enjoy it a lot more. Um, I'm going to tell you what my experience was watching this movie. I put this on. I suddenly realized that you had selected the extended cut of this. And I'm like, great. I got an extra 15 minutes to watch this crap. Uh, <laughs> I realized that on my media player, I could speed the video up because it was so slow and I was so bored that I sped up to 1.5 speed. And then the aliens came and I'm like, well, maybe I'll slow this down again. And then I'm like, no, I'm going to speed this up to two times speed. I watched this movie at two times speed and still I was praying for it to be over. This movie is so dull. Like, I don't understand how you could enjoy this. It's, it's like, let's, Get everybody excited. Imagine if closest thing I compare this to is Snakes on a Plane. The title yeah. sells itself, Cowboys and Aliens, right? Snakes on a Plane, it wasn't quite, you know, the, the masterpiece of B-grade movie making people thought it would be, but it delivered what you expected it to. It had Snakes on a Plane and Samuel Jackson yelling at them. <laughs> uh, this movie has Cowboys and it briefly has Aliens, but it does not deliver in any way what you expect it to be. And it's just, it's, it's not a good Western. It's not a good alien movie. And I'm not saying this is how my rankings are going to go, but if I had to choose what to put on between this and Zardoz, I might pick Zardoz. Oh, at least Zardoz Colin. Is, at least Zardoz <laughs> is going to provide things where you're like, ah, that's really funny. How bad it is. This Colin. isn't even funny bad. It's just boring bad. Look, like I just like I'm the one who says dumb shit on this show, but that just takes the cake. Like Colin, what do you actually think of you saying that? No, 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 no. Yeah, I agree. It's just not good. I mean, come on, Colin. You you would rather watch this than Zardoz, right? And you hate dying another day. I would. Come off it. Would you rather in fact, watch... In fact, this is how much I enjoyed Cowboys Alien. Play that song again. Okay. Would you rather watch this than Cowboys and Aliens? I don't know what that is, but I'm we'll going to guess yes. again. We've played it three times already. Yes. Catch up. <laughs> wow. Okay. Jeez. Um, look, I see, this is where straight away I'll disagree. You say that Snakes on a Plane brings you Snakes on a Plane. This movie brings you Cowboys and it brings you Aliens. What more do you want? (laughs) For approximately two hours and 15 minutes, I think we get about nine minutes of Aliens in this movie 
and about two hours and a couple of minutes of Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford riding through the desert. And a couple of times, some weird thing happens that they don't properly explain. Here's my biggest problem with this movie. Why is nobody responding to the fact that there are aliens and they're cowboys? Like, well, what are these things? It, why is that that giant flying, I, I don't know, tin Volta. can, <laughs> saucer, <laughs> sure. Why is that thing shooting at us? What is this thing on your wrist? Why did that girl just walk out of a fire and she's not burned? Like, things happen in this movie and everybody's like, hmm, interesting. Like, that's the, all the reactions you get. That Look, like, backtracking a bit, all right? Okay, there may be nine minutes of aliens in this movie, but it's not called Cowboys and More Than Nine Minutes of Aliens. So, like, <laughs> it's not, it's not uh, you know, misinterpreting what it's selling you. You still see aliens in it, right? You know, like, Godzilla? You complain Ugh. that you don't see Godzilla in it? He's still in the movie? And I was still- just as angry at that movie. <laughs> look, i got to say, like, there are definitely issues with this film. And, like, some of what you just said there, I agree with you. There's, like, there are so many plot holes in this movie. I mean, okay, let me backtrack. There's somewhat of a plot of this movie. Um, and <coughs> when there is a plot, there are so many things where, yes, you were like, what, what? That makes, okay, that, that just can't, like, I get that. I'm not going to sit here and say this is the great, like, if we're ranking this against the James Bond film, this is probably going to come in at like 22nd, 23rd. I probably watch this over Thunderball and Moonraker, probably Quantum of Solace 2, but then I'd rather watch the rest of the Bond franchise in this this movie. But I just, I don't know, like I kind of enjoyed it. Like I I was watching this and I, you kind of, I think in, in 2021 when we're recording this and releasing this, you generally know if you're going to like a movie or not by the, the time it takes you to get on your phone. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> five minutes in, I'm on my phone. Like, like you know, where we did, what's the, the newest Marvel one recently? I literally, the cinema was on my phone. So, like, <laughs> you know, I wasn't that into it. This probably took me a good hour and 20 minutes till I checked my phone. So I was, I was like, I, just the start of it, I'm like, oh, okay, this is pretty cool and kind of just enjoyed it. And I don't know what it was. It's just sometimes, like you said, like you, you see a movie and you kind of just walk out sometimes. And you're just like, eh, like, you know. But, like, there was just something about this where I was just kind of like, yeah, like I enjoyed that. Like, was it Skyline, the Eric Balfour one, mm-hmm. which was a massive bomb? Might have been around about the same time this was released, about 2010, 2011, I think, off the top of my head. And I remember leaving that movie going, like, wow, like I really enjoyed that. Like, why did I enjoy that? That was that was interesting and good. Yet critics hated it. I think, right? Like they just, even though I think they've made a trilogy it- of films of that. Funnily enough. It's but, a better movie than this. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen that in a long time. But, like, this one, like, I don't know. There was just something about, like, I'll be honest. Like, I've not really seen a lot of Western films. I, I've never, it's never really been a genre I've ever gone out of my way to watch. Probably the most Western movie I've seen is Back to the Future Part 3. Um, so, <laughs> the ultimate. And, that, and that was always my least favourite of the Back to the Future trilogy. <laughs> um, but it's still a great movie. Though. I'm not saying I dislike Back to the Future 3. It's a great film, but it's it's part of the Back to the Future trilogy, right? They're all kind of one movie. But, like, I've obviously seen more sci-fi, but, like, there was just something about this. And I'm a massive fan of the video game series Red Dead Redemption. And this just, as soon as I started watching it's like, fuck, I want to play Red Dead Redemption. Like, God, I just, like, I just want to play it right now. Um, Which is and also just, better than this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Red Dead Redemption's an epic. Like, you, if you've never played it, play it. It's Grand Theft Auto in the Wild West. It's fantastic. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know. Like, this is a movie that I could find myself. Why are we giving our reviews of it already? We haven't even talked about the film. But like, I could literally probably put this on and just say, oh, what am I going to watch? Cowboys and Aliens, sure. Because it gives me what I want. Cowboys, Aliens. Yeah, there's some problems. 
Harrison Ford clearly didn't want to do this film. Uh, like, I love the fact that Harrison Ford's in this movie and he's with Daniel Craig. Um, you know, Olivia Wilde has got some other great cast. But like, this has got a pretty stacked oh, movie. Amazing cast that are all wasted. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know about wasted, but um, I don't know. It's just, it's harmless fun. Like, but like, even uh, when I say fun, like, I get what you're saying because I... The one thing I think I went into this not knowing what tone I was to expect, because I, I think I probably haven't watched a trailer of this film in a decade. So I actually kind of thought, and, and watching a few videos on YouTube and reading a few, few reviews, a lot of the criticism came that people went into this thinking it was going to be a comedy. And I kind of went into this thinking a little bit like, oh, I think this is maybe a bit silly, like it's a bit of a comedy. And clearly, I don't think there's any humour in this movie. Um, but... That's the one thing, like, oh, that confused me a bit. But I don't know. There was just something about it that I enjoyed. Just saying right now. Screw you, Kaboo Colin! <laughs> like, I'm not one of those people who expected this to be a comedy. Like, it, it, as far as the tone goes, it's exactly what I expected it to be and, I, and exactly what I wanted it to be. I, I was sort of looking at this, imagining something like War of the Worlds, something like Predator, uh, which really I think are the two movies that this is trying to emulate. You but- don't like War of the Worlds, do you? I don't like the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds movie, but oh, it's a better movie than this. I love the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds. Love that movie. But with this movie, I think it, it wasn't the tone that I was missing. It's exactly what I thought it would be other than the fact that nothing happens in this movie. And the plot, uh, 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 people are going to hate me when I say it eventually, but the plot in this movie is completely ripped off of a movie that is considered one of the worst movies of all time. That is also probably at least more enjoyable than this. Not maybe not a better movie. There are things that John Favreau does right in this movie. There are some sequences he does well, but they're all too brief. And here's the weird thing about John Favreau: for whatever reason, he seems to be that guy who just gets a free pass. The same thing with Steven Spielberg. It doesn't matter how many bad movies they make. You're like, oh, but Spielberg, he made Jaws and Jurassic Park and uh, Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. And they decide they want to skip over all the garbage that he did. Uh, and it's the Lincoln. same thing with John Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> War horse. I mean, I'm still waking every- <laughs> up from Lincoln. <laughs> uh, and it's the same thing with John Favreau. Like he's made out to be because he's, you know, does the Mandalorian. Now people make him out to be like a God, but you know, even prior to the Mandalorian, it's like, Oh, well it was the guy that made Iron Man. They just ignore the fact that he made Iron Man too. Oh, he was and the guy that the made the jungle book. Fucking well, king. yeah, like he, he, they're, they're like, oh, but he made the Jungle Book, and they ignore the fact oh. that he made the Lion King. That you know, other very forgettable movies. He did Elf, and they ignore the fact that he did the sequel to Jumanji. Nobody remembers was a sequel to Jumanji, just Zathura. Oh, Zathura, He's, right? I thought you meant the actual sequel. I'm like, that was a good <laughs> yeah. movie. What are you talking about? Oh, the the Zathura, whatever it's called. Yeah, but like he might be the most hit and miss director this living and active today and that half of his movies are complete garbage and people just forgive it because you put the name John Favreau on there and they expect they're going to get the classic like Elf or Iron Man and Cowboys and Aliens is not a classic and I I get where he was going with this movie because part of I guess the backstory of this movie is that um I'll, I'll jump the gun. <laughs> Sorry, you won't. I, I, I've got backstory. You don't know much. No, I do. I I, I, I actually researched this, Colin, but like, please. <laughs> well, you, you I was going to say, I mean, the, the movie itself was written as a script. It, it was shopped around. It really? never got made. Yes, originally. And then I didn't know movies were written as scripts. I thought they <laughs> well, just got a camera. I'm like, cowboys, aliens, action. <laughs> but my point being is that this is based on a graphic novel, but it's not one of these movies where they took a graphic novel that was about cowboys and aliens that that would make a great movie. This was written as a script. And after years of not being able to get it made, they said, 
forget it. We're just going to put this out as a graphic novel and maybe somebody will take an interest in our script, which is exactly what happened. Uh, John Favreau comes on and he's like, I don't want to make a comic book type movie. I want to make this as a straight Western. And I get what his, his thinking was with that, but you have to have some elements that make it feel like an otherworldly Western. I'm not saying this needs to be Wild Wild West, which, by the way, more enjoyable movie than this. Great movie. But Underrated movie. <laughs> I really enjoy Wild Wild West. and I'm not saying that it needs to be a comedy like that. Uh, I'm not saying it needed to be as over the top as Snakes on a Plane. Uh, but you need to have something where it's not just 98% really dull Western movie and 2% sci-fi have the the gap bridged a little bit more do 70 30 do even 80 20 don't do like single digit sci-fi in a movie called cowboys and aliens just just quickly and by asking this this is kind of a redundant thing because people listening to this would have already heard it but i had a couple of things in mind for our opening song i feel i sung one of them but shall we go with wanted dead or alive by bon jovi or wild wild west by will smith Wild Wild West by Will Smith. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking like I could just use the theme from Cowboys, which is a pretty cool theme. But I mean, that will be our closing credits with a thing. So I'm thinking like Wild Wild West, Wanted Dead or Alive. Or I was going to go with that um, Starship Zebra, whatever it is, Cobra Starship, Snakes on a Plane song, uh, which is a pretty good song as well. That's that's actually a really good song. Maybe I'll come up with some sort of blend, and we'll just go with Chicka Chicka Wild Wild West. And, and <laughs> Should be used more often. Uh, great song. On a song. steel horse, I ride. Wild, wild west. <laughs> I'm not that good with my editing skills. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with wild, wild west. Uh, that's why people heard it at the beginning. But it's it's interesting kind of with the background of this too, you're saying, because this was meant to be made in the late 90s. Um, and Steve Oedekirk, who man behind Ace Ventura franchise, worked a lot with Jim Carrey, Nutty Professor. Well, you can he see was, the influence in this. <laughs> well, he'd like written a script and was shipping it around basically. and But then he went to go work with Jim Carrey on another film, I think a Dr. Zeus film that never got made. So this never got made. But then this came along basically in the late 2000s and it was um, Robert Downey Jr. was attached to it. He then said, hey, John Favreau, you should look at this. And John Favreau was like, okay. So then they were meant to be working on it together. But then Robert Downey Jr. was like, no, I'm going to go do Sherlock Holmes instead. See ya. Uh, and then basically John Favreau stuck with it. And uh, then that's how Daniel Craig got involved with it. But, I mean, I could see this as a Robert Downey Jr. movie, and that would obviously be a bit more humorous, right? Well, as, as much as I dislike this movie, I'm going to say I prefer it with Daniel Craig. Um, because I think that Robert Downey Jr., this would have become Wild Wild West all over again. And I also don't know if I see Robert Downey Jr. It's weird to think that James Bond, a very British man, could be a good cowboy. But I actually think Daniel Craig probably nails the Western aspect better than oh, most actors in this movie. He, he's yeah. he's almost born for this, and, and it, it shouldn't work. Um, but when you were talking about Robert Downey Jr., I wasn't thinking necessarily Robert Downey Jr. makes this movie better. What I was thinking was when you mentioned Sherlock Holmes, Guy Ritchie makes this movie better because Sherlock Holmes is that perfect blend of it's a historical detective movie, late 1800s. Uh, and then we're also going to throw kind of this modern feel to it. You, you don't have to go full, you know, classic western movie with this especially when you have a script that has nothing happening in it the western parts of the story nothing happens um you just need somebody to to kind of jazz up the sci-fi elements a little bit and guy Ritchie making this movie kind of sherlock holmes style i think makes it a little bit closer to what i wanted 
Speaking of Guy Ritchie, who was he married to? Okay, thank you. Just uh, I'm gonna say Tanya Roberts, who's dead. Oh yeah, breaking news: Tanya Roberts is dead. Didn't another James Bond actor die recently? Like I know Sharky died, but somebody else after Sharky died. Um, just ticking uh, off the bucket list. Uh, <laughs> Who did you kill this week? <laughs> I can I just say, in listening to our old episodes, I do love, like, I can't remember which one it was, but we just, we've got a habit, and it started somewhere, of just, like, going, like, oh, this person's dead, this person's dead, this person's dead. <laughs> like, people die. Like, it happens, people. Um, Especially when we're covering I'm, a 60-something-year-old franchise. I'm glad you mentioned Daniel Craig. That's why we're here, obviously, for doing this, because of Daniel Craig, because that was one thing I was going to ask you. You've got to admit, Daniel Craig's pretty good in this film. Like, I mean, he da- is, yeah. I don't I don't think I've ever seen Daniel Craig in a movie where he doesn't give his all. I mean, I honestly mm-hmm. haven't seen that many Daniel Craig movies. I've seen the Bond films. I've seen Tomb Raider. I've seen Logan Lucky. And I've seen this. I'm, I you haven't even seen Road to Perdition, have you? I think I saw like bits of it on. I always get that in the Green Mile confused for some reason. They're different films, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, Tom Hanks plays a heroic prison guard. Tom Hanks plays a hitman. A little bit different. Tom Hanks, all right? Like, he should be James Bond. Hashtag Hanks for Bond like, 26. I, I always confuse that Captain Phillips and that Saving Mr. Banks movie. Well, in all seriousness. <laughs> which, which one did he Tom, play Walt Disney? <laughs> all Tom Hanks does now is play other people now, right? Like, it yeah. started with. Freaking um, Captain Phillips and Scully, and then uh, Sully or Walt Scully, Disney. whatever it was called. Walt Disney, Mister um, Rogers, Mister Rogers. Yeah, like he just he just plays real people all the time now. Um, but like uh, the thing that I loved about this with Daniel Craig is he's he's one of these English act, one of these English actors who can like whenever he plays an American, like you just believe him straight away. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love him in Logan Lucky and I will fight for that as a potential one one day that we can do, even though, again, he's technically not the star, but that is just such one of my favourite movies. And, like, him doing a southern accent just works. And, like, this one, within two seconds, I'm like, oh, he's American, right? Like, I believe it. <laughs> like, Hugh Jackman is somebody that annoys the fuck out of me when he plays American because, like, there's just something about Hugh Jackman with an American accent. Like, I love Eddie the Eagle, but him in that movie is just like, oh, Hugh, don't use an American accent. It doesn't – I don't like it. Stop it. Um, stop you know getting accents wrong. Um, but it, like, it, there's something about Daniel Craig in this, and I I agree with you. Like he he plays this well. Like it's kind of he's just got this sense about him, and like I like the mystery around. You know, I, I honestly thought he was an alien. Like straight away, I'm like, oh, he's an alien. Uh, but spoiler, would have made the movie better. <laughs> but I don't know. Like I just I just I believe him as a cowboy, and I just like I I want to kind of see the the Daniel Craig Cowboys and Aliens franchise of just. Him is what is his name like John Lonigan or whatever it is. Lonigan, Jake. Yeah, yeah, I like I like him. He's good. Good, good on you, Daniel. Yeah, I think that that's that's kind of testament to what a great actor Daniel Craig is that we're saying this because he should not make a good cowboy in yeah. any way whatsoever. Uh, but even when you mentioned Hugh Jackman, I mean Wolverine is as close to a cowboy as you can get. Even the the final movie Logan was basically made as a futuristic Western film. Like that was the the tone they were going for. And yet I can't picture Hugh Jackman in this movie. All the other big name Hollywood actors, I don't think that they suit this as much as Daniel Craig does. Um, You know, there's one actor in this movie that I think if you'd given them a lead, he really could could have pulled it off. That's Sam Rockwell. Uh, But uh, you know, Sam Rockwell can do pretty much anything, but, but Daniel Craig should not work. And yet, 
I'm not saying this is the greatest performance he's ever had. I think that it's one of the most admirable performances he had because he has nothing to work with and he really pulls it off. But uh, it's not like he's going to come out of this like, oh, what a great role. He should have been nominated for something for that. But the fact that he can do this in almost every movie he's in, and I know that you and Noah have issues with him in Bond, but I can't think of any movie Daniel Craig's in, even the bad movies, where I could picture somebody else doing it. And he does give his all. I think that's that's the best way of phrasing it. Looking at his best movies, looking at his worst movies, he's giving it 100% every single time, including Spectre, where even he admits he wasn't giving it 100%. You know what's fascinating is that, because I think we've talked before about how he hasn't really done a lot of films since he's been Bond, but he did. This is one of five movies he did in 2011. Six, if you include a short what? film he did called The Organ Grinder's Monkey. So he did, oh, he was a narrator in one. Okay, so he's a narrator of a documentary called One Life, Cowboys and Aliens, Dreamhouse, The Adventures of Tintin, which I guess voice motion capture, mm. and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. So he was extremely busy, and Skyfall came out the next year. So, I mean, did he get a day off in 2011? <laughs> Daniel Craig was a very busy man in 2011, and he hadn't done anything since... I mean, Quantum in 2008, so in that same year he was in Flashbacks of a Fool, Defiance, and he had a cameo in How to Lose Friends and Alienate People. So Defiance, he, there's a great movie. Liev Schreiber, Jamie Bell, Daniel Craig as brothers. Like, who doesn't want to watch that? I've never heard of it. I'll be completely honest with oh. you. Um, but, yeah, so, like, he didn't really do anything until 2000. Well, I mean, I guess he must have been filming all of these and they all just got released <laughs> in the same year, I guess. But, um, yeah, like, look. As I've constantly said, the more and more we, we talk about him and, and all this is that I never disliked Daniel Craig as a person and the more and more I see of him and obviously in a lot of this coverage I've watched of No Time to Die pre it being released. Well, for me, it's still pre being released. I haven't fucking seen the fucking film. Um, I've got my ticket. I've got my ticket. Um, but, like, I just I can't not like this man. He just yeah. – if I was to rank the Bond actors based on likability – he might be like my second favorite Bond behind Pierce. Like, and that's no disrespect to the others. Like I, I sent a bunch of links recently in our group chat of like old Timothy Dalton interviews and he looks very likable, but like he's a bit of a recluse Timothy now and you don't really get to see him. Sean, he can come across hit or miss in interviews. Even Roger can come across a bit hit or miss and George is just drunk. Like, um, <laughs> like honestly, if I had to rank, like I would probably say likability, Daniel Craig is probably my second likable bond behind Pierce Brosnan. But yeah, like, I don't know. Like he just, he, and he does put his all, maybe he's the most hundred percent committed bond actor. Although I don't, yeah. I can't say I've seen Pierce Brosnan in a movie where he hasn't given his all. So, and I would have seen I, I more Pierce movies than Daniel Craig movies. Knowing the story behind Spectre now of him basically being in a leg brace, still doing stunts. I, I think <laughs> that solidifies Daniel Craig as the most committed. He's bond. like Tom Cruise, like Tom Cruise. Like yeah. just, you Nothing know, stops. Nothing stops Daniel Craig. Exactly. One thing I want to say, we'll get into this movie, is um, like I mentioned before how Steve Odekirk, he'd sort of written a screenplay for it. And then basically this went through the ringmarole of about 100 different screenwriters and, and everything. The one name that I've got to mention, connection to our other show, is a certain Damon Lindelof. Yeah. Helped write this screenplay. Now, I wanted more Lost Elements. Where's Matthew Fox in this movie? <laughs> Come on. Matthew Fox actually would, he'd be a good cowboy. You can see it. Matthew Fox, yeah. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd rather see Josh Holloway in this movie. Hey, yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> hey, Freckles. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, Bond 
I don't even know of a nickname that I can give him for that. But uh, anyway, but we'll get into this movie just quickly before uh, we get into this movie. Uh, probably should just quickly check um, Pierce. Just while we talked about you, who's one actor you would really like to see in this film? Shirley Bassey. Yeah, she'd do all right. Oh I man, she would. She would play pretty I'd well. I'd love to see her cover Bon Jovi's. Dead or alive. I'm wanted. Wanted. Dead or alive. (laughs) I'm wanted. Dead or alive. (laughs) But, you know, you you mentioned, uh, I'm really curious if there was any connection uh, because you mentioned uh, Damon Lindelof's involvement in the screenplay. Two of the other screenwriters, uh, Orchie and Kurtzman, uh, they're also J.J. Abrams guys. They're probably more well-known now as movie screenwriters because they did a lot of the Transformers movies. Basically Trek, every major, right? yeah, Star Trek, every major blockbuster, but they started on Alias. Uh, mm. So, uh, well, I think they started on Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, which is another one of my favorite shows. Kevin Sorbo in this movie, I watched that. Uh, but uh, yeah, they, they're da- uh, Damon Lindelof guys. They're they're J.J. Abrams guys. Damon Lindelof is a J.J. Abrams guy, but they never worked like, uh, Kurtzman and Urchie never worked on Lost and Lindelof never worked on Alias. So it's weird that you have these two different you know, J.J. Abrams teams working together on this screenplay, but having never crossed paths before. And yet they can't bring any life out of this like they do on Lobster Alias. You know, it's interesting too. Steven Spielberg is listed as a, what, an executive producer or producer on this. So is Ron Howard and Brian Grazer. Like, I don't don't know where their involvements come into. Is Is this every director who is attached in the 90s? Is it because, like, it's, what, DreamWorks is attached to it or whatever? So it's kind of like Steven Spielberg's just like, put my name on it, it's got aliens and it's got something to do with me. Um, So... (laughs) How much money do you think they just get for that? Like, Steve Spielberg sitting around his mansion counting his millions. Oh, fuck, I haven't made a movie in a while. Put my name on that movie. I'll get 10% of the profits. <laughs> Probably does. Like, Jesus. Wouldn't that be, like, pretty awesome to be that powerful? But um, we we start off, the, the, speaking of, like, companies, there's about 50 different logos we get at the beginning. So I did yeah. watch the, um, the everything. one seconds, I counted. The everything wrong with video kind of really points that out, essentially, about how many they've got at the beginning. But um, do you think this movie influenced The Force Awakens? Because it's kind of like Finn waking up in the desert. Like, it this is, just reminds yeah. me of the, the trailer, basically. And one thing, can I just say, uh, I know we, we opened up, we didn't open up with the, the score for this film, and we'll close it out, obviously. But the score, pretty good. Like, it's got a oh, pretty yeah. good score. It way more deserving than this movie. Like there will be these incredible sequences, or not sequences in the movie. These, uh, these, these sequences of music. And then you watch, and they're like, <laughs> right slowly, there. <laughs> they're slowly trotting through the desert. <laughs> it's really, like, but it actually really sounds like. I mean, again, not a Western person, but uh, Harry Gregson Williams is the composer mm. of this, so he is behind such films as he did The Rock. Uh, as in the the movie, I'm sure he probably had sex with Don Johnson as well. Uh, I mean, who hasn't? Let's be honest. I I, I was late today because I was just having a having a quickie with Dwayne. God, he's good. Um, Ant, Enemy of the State, another Will Smith movie. Uh, he did the Tigger movie. One of your yeah. favorites. Um, phone booth. Oh, I recently watched Phone Booth. Now that is a great movie. Uh, Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason. Oh, Shrek the Third. Come on, Noah, where are you? We know you love <laughs> that. Um, have you seen Phone Booth? Do you like Phone Booth? Oh, yeah, I love Phone Booth. Keep a Sutherland as the evil guy. Like, what's not to love? Uh, so, all right, we're uh, Star Wars, a force of Wookiees here. We've got Finn. <laughs> um, it's Ray. Finn yells Ray. Anyway, um, but 
Uh, awake here he is he's James Bond he's in the desert James Bond's in the desert um kind of to say to the color palette in this film which is very kind of like dark tone right but like what is it with Olivia Wilde and Daniel Craig's eyes being extra blue like yeah it's CGI all, or something <laughs> all the dark tones that you have in this film and I don't know if that's meant to be because it's like you know it's an old western right like seriously like Daniel Craig is a sexy man and he's got great eyes. But, like, seriously, I've never seen his eyes so blue, like, in this movie. I've never seen it. Like, God, they're blue. Just staring at the whole time. But he's awake. He's got some weird thing around his wrist. He sees a photo of a woman. Uh, and also, interesting thing that I read, too, that apparently he wanted uh, Eva Green to be in this movie uh, oh. instead of Olivia Wilde. But Eva Green said no. So, I can't imagine uh, how much better it would have made this movie. Do you think that Daniel Craig, that like, do you think when an actor says that, like, they've gotten it on with an actor in another movie, they've gone, fuck, I'm so loyal to my wife, Rachel Weisz, but I really want to make out with Eva Green again. <laughs> I know! Eva, would you like to do another movie with me? <laughs> you know, that, that's Dan, why they do it. <laughs> he does seem to be one of those guys, like, that's how Sam Mendes came on to Skyfall, because Daniel <laughs> Craig made out with him on Road to Perdition. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even in No Time to Die, Anna Darmus, uh, after he mm. did Knives Out, he basically said, no, no, we're putting her in the next Bond movie. Uh, I won't so you know if he ever he... comes on this show, he'll uh, be like, yeah, get those those 007 guys to do it. Like, that'll be well, great. Well, o- only if we're good kissers. Well, I mean, speak for yourself. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I've been at least with two women. Um, so <laughs> it's more than you, so ha! Uh, <laughs> Um, today Craig wakes up again if you're listening to us for the first time I don't know why you're taking the hundred odd episodes but we never refer to them by their character names it's just their actors (laughs) we'll just call them James Bond Uh, so Daniel Craig wakes up and he gets surrounded by a bunch of guys here who are all like oh he's got something around his wrist and oh there's probably a bounty on him like let's get him and then Daniel Craig goes full on James Bond and kicks and kills the shit out of him now Obviously, we still mark down our kills and everything. I wanted to bring this up right now. Because, oh, I forgot. <laughs> like, well, so I'm so confused here because he clearly kills two of them. He gun barrels one to the chest and beats a guy to a pulp. He's got half his brain on his face. Now, the guy he stabs in the leg with the knife, he only punches him and knocks him out. But then, like, this guy's laying there and he looks dead as he's removing his clothes. So I didn't count that as a kill. Because judging the Ben Waterworth logic in every Bond film, he knocks someone out, they're dead. I got ripped off for that, <laughs> ripped into all the time. So this time around, I'm like, no, he's not dead. I'm doing that. But this guy's not moving. So anyway, just I, you he's didn't dead. mark kills down. So you didn't no, mark kills No, but I'm going to say right now that guy you're talking about is dead. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so then you're- <laughs> That's how little I care. <laughs> Ben's Daniel- right. That's how little I care about this movie. Ben, you nailed it. All right. So- next week on 007. <laughs> Ben's right. Wow. Is that, can we call that the name of the episode? Can we call that the episode no, title? No, no, no. We will never because the people are going to assume that your opinion of this movie is right and it's not. Well, the last episode was like having a civilized conversation with Ben <laughs> without Ben or whatever the hell it was. Like, are we calling the next episode our spoiler episode having a civilized conversation with Ben? Um, well, it depends on your reaction to the movie, I guess. Which, which have we have we established that because you recorded like your reactions, which I think go for like ten minutes. Noah's go for like twenty minutes. Mine, I don't yeah. know how long we'll go for. Are we going to include them in the next episode, or are we releasing that as a separate oh, episode? I, I, I think we should just select excerpts from it or something, especially because of Noah's. <laughs> I'll listen to Noah's first. Have you listened to Noah's or? No, he sent it to me, but I haven't heard it yet. I keep forgetting I have it. We'll make an executive decision. I mean, we literally did a three-hour episode <laughs> on a last preview for No Time to Die, which is two hours of rambling and ranking followed by 
you. So uh, I'm or sure. Or listen on Patreon, do- which is available, people. Yeah, thanks for that. I've, again, re-listening to the episodes, every threat under the sun, nobody still signed up. Like seriously, like oh, I'll I'll never play this again. Followed by oh, I will play this, and then it's basically if you don't sign up, Ben will sing "Die Another Day," which I did. If you do, then Colin will. So if somebody does, Colin has to sing it. So like Jesus Christ. We're just the bipolar. Just one day someone will sign up. Um, so anyway, Daniel Craig steals a horse. He rides into town. He's got a dog. For it. I like the dog. Dog's cute. Oh, like the dog's great. The dog's a scene stealer of this movie. <laughs> so and I, I love this bit when like Daniel Craig's walking into town and the dog's like running on his leg and he's just like, get out of it. Um, <laughs> like some part of me like that wasn't in the script unless that's a bloody good acting dog. Like John Favreau was like, "All right, Lassie, go to the leg, go to the leg. That's it now. That's it, uh, Daniel." Actually, tell him get that, out of it. That dog also was a good kisser, so it was the model for M statue in Skyfall. <laughs> wow, bestiality! There we go. Tick that off the list. Thirty-five minutes in. Okay, <laughs> it was Colin who brought that up. Who who would have thunk it? Um, so uh, Daniel Craig, which we should say. So he, his character's name is. Jake, Jake Lonigan again. Jake, Jesus, get angry. Jake Lonigan, Ben, like, calm <laughs> down. Um, like this movie is called Cowboys and uh, and uh, Aliens. Ninjas. That's right. Ninjas. Yeah. Oh, the sequel. Everybody wanted. Hey, it could be Cowboys, Aliens, and Ninjas, and then it's like Cowboys, Aliens, and Cats. Um, like, <laughs> Judy Dench can come in. Also a good kisser. <laughs> I reckon Judy would be a good kisser. Let's be honest. She'd slap you and kiss you. That would be pretty hot. Um, so Daniel Craig walks in and has a face wash and, oh, he's, that's, Jamie would have liked this movie. A couple of shirtless scenes. He lifts up his shirt and he's got a bit of a wound in there. There he is. Um, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, someone's got a gun on him and we meet the preacher, a.k.a. Clancy Brown, oh, who he's amazing. like... Obviously, in lots of things, um, but I uh, to me, he just uh, Starship Troopers. Uh, <laughs> That's the one. Come on, yeah. This come is the James Bond co- podcast. You're not thinking about him as Kurgan in Highlander. I have not seen Highlander in like God. I used to watch oh. that movie pretty much every weekend because I think that's my dad's favorite movie. Um, but like, I probably haven't watched that since I was like. Eight. He's the villain. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember it now, and. Um, yeah. Because, oh, what was a great Queen song in that? Who wants to live forever? Was that that song? No. Yeah, Princes of the Universe, Who Wants to Live Forever. It was that one. And um, yeah. what's his face? His name he hasn't been mentioned since the 80s. Is it Christopher Lambert? Oh, Christopher Lambert, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Jamie loves Christopher Lambert. Oh, he did he a Mortal everyone. Kombat movie. <laughs> Shows everyone with a penis. Um, you, you know, I, I, I want to quickly, before we get off of Highlander here, um, with the time we're recording this, we we just put up Halloween decorations because Casper had Halloween decorations at school and he wanted them at home. It, I've never done it before, but they did it at Casper's school and he got so excited that we were supposed to take Casper to the park yesterday, but it was like you know, extreme winds. Uh, so Jamie's like, we're not taking him out. But I got him some Halloween decorations. So now we've got Halloween decorations all over our living room uh, just so that he wouldn't cry because we take him to the park. Uh, but she got a big banner that says happy Halloween that's hung on our call right now. And there's a scene in Highlander where they're meeting inside the, uh, the church 
and a bunch of nuns walk past and Clancy Brown just goes, happy Halloween, ladies. And he goes, <laughs> erotically Did trying to lick the spot? nuns. No, no, no. <laughs> but every time Jamie and I, we're even thinking every time we looked at the banner, Casper, what does that say? You go, happy Halloween. We go, happy Halloween, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, um, that's uh, weird. I guess with a name like Casper, I guess Halloween kind of fits in well with him. Ghosts oh, and, all, and he right? just discovered Casper the Friendly Ghost, which he's very into right now. I like the weirdest thing I ever saw for decorations, which I didn't realize was a thing. Is one time I was in the US and they have Thanksgiving decorations, which I was like, <laughs> okay, I guess it makes sense. We have Thanksgiving in Canada, and that's weird to me. <laughs> I, I didn't even, I complete so much out of the loop. I am, I forgot it was Halloween. Uh, Thanksgiving for you like two weeks ago. But um, I, the so when I was in Canada for Halloween, like because we lived in an apartment building, so we, we checked with some of the people around, like, do you do it here? And nobody did it. Like nobody knocked on our door. But um, I remember we went to Vancouver like oh, a couple of weeks before Halloween. I remember you and I did fly over the US at the mm-hmm. Mall of America. So in Vancouver, they've got flyover Canada down sort of at the, the waterfront near where the Olympic Cauldron is. I, I did it years ago, the first time I went to Vancouver. So we were there and we're like, let's do it again. And it was Halloween themed. So like, you know, you fly over Canada, it's great. And then you fly to like a Witchy Poos concert and there's all these like people dancing a lot like Niagara Falls or something like that. And that song, it was like, happy, happy Halloween. Like it just gets <laughs> stuck in your head. For, it's been over a year and I'm still fucking thinking about this flyover <laughs> Canada Halloween nonsense so anyway halloween coming soon to <laughs> i don't know when's, where's a halloween bond film right like where's you know live and let well, die specter he dressed up as a skeleton so yeah anyway um so uh <laughs> i said to call him bond fuck it bond <laughs> uh gets held up at gunpoint here by uh preacher clancy brown uh clancy brown just sounds like a preacher name doesn't it um to which basically the whole point of this is Daniel Craig doesn't know who he is. He has no idea, like, you know, oh, only two types of men get shot, somebody who's guilty or someone who's a victim. Which are you? I don't know. <laughs> Just keep saying I don't know to everything. Um, and what does he say? Like, put your hands up close to the sky. Or I like the way he kind of words that. Reach um, for the sky. Reach for the sky. <laughs> Somebody poison the waterhole. There's a There's snake, a in, snake my in my boots. <laughs> How can we relate every James Bond actor to Toy Story? Like, He's well, the rootinest, tootinest cowboy <laughs> in the wild west. We know who Timothy Dalton is, clearly. Daniel Craig is Woody. Um, <laughs> Pierce Brosnan is Buzz Lightyear. Tim Allen, Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Why not? Thought <laughs> I went to Lightyear, eh? Uh, <laughs> uh, George Lazenby is... Mr. Potato Head. Mr. Potato Head. He didn't even think about that. Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> um, Sean Connery is... Um, oh, the evil Kelsey Grammer in the second one. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. And Roger Moore has to be... Um, Mrs. Potato Head. <laughs> Rex. Oh, Rex, yes. Because he's a dinosaur, the oldest one. <laughs> oh, Roger. No, he could be um Wayne Knight, the, the evil chicken man oh, yeah. in the second one. The nicest guy in the Bond history. He's the evil guy. <laughs> no, he's um Andy's mum. Andy, would you Sid. like some cake? Sid, so play nice. We're everywhere, Sid. Everywhere. So play nice. 
So he's a little aliens. The claw. It's <laughs> a little aliens. The claw. It is our master. <laughs> you have been chosen. <laughs> Roger Moore should be a cowboy. <laughs> I'm the rootinous, tootinous cowboy in the <laughs> wild, wild west. Woody's Roundup. Roger's Roundup. <laughs> Can we just point out that in the last, since the last time we did any episode, we discovered Roger Moore likes cats, and uh, Roger Moore also was in a on a gay cruise boat movie where he's talking about sausages. Um, so can we hear those clips right now? Can we hear the clip about Roger Moore liking cats? I like cats. I don't like people who don't. Okay, and uh, Roger Moore being a little bit. Gay. Do you care for a bite of my sausage? There it is. And Noah, it's what did you gay. think of that? That's oh, pretty gay. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Why do I do this? I've got to. I've got to edit this episode. <laughs> I'm trying to find if Roger Moore ever did a western. We'll, we'll we'll maybe add that to the list at the end of this. Surely he did. Put him up. Stick him up. I believe this is a standoff. <laughs> Fill her up. Um, but we get somebody shooting, uh, shooting and tooting and wild, wild west. Shooting and tooting. Who is it, everyone? It's it's the Riddler. It's Paul Dano. Um, <laughs> oh, amazing. What also a man. wasted in this movie. What a man. <laughs> Paul Dano. Which, no not- joke. Like, if, if I were to rank my top 10 favorite actors working today, Paul Dano is on that list. And he's not an actor most people are even familiar with, but... He is like unbelievable. Like he is one of these actors that one day is going to go down with legendary status when he finally gets an Oscar for something. Which is, I mean, he wouldn't be that old in this movie because I mean, this was what three, four years after Little Miss Sunshine, and he was yeah. only what pretty young in that. So yeah, so he's I mean, maybe early twenties. He does look young in and this movie. He 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 had There Will Be Blood a couple of years prior to this, so it just occurred to me how young he was in There Will Be Blood, and I mean that you want to see performances that were robbed of Oscars. Watch Paul Dano and there will be blood. You, you know what I, I appreciate about the new Batman trailers is that I don't think we've seen him once in any of the trailers, no. right? We've seen Colin Farrell who looks, Jesus, he looks different. I think you've seen the mask of him in one of the trailers. Which I'm actually really intrigued for that because, like, mm-hmm. uh, like I mean, the Riddler, I obviously love Jim Carrey in Batman Forever. And then the guy who played um, Ed Nigma or whatever it is in the Gotham TV series, I thought he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see how he will he will play it. But um, yeah, Robert Pattinson. How have we liked this guy all of a sudden? I don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened. Robert Pattinson for the next James Bond. Um, he wouldn't be too bad. I he? wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah, I, I'm more. The more things I see him in, the more I'm sold on him. Yeah, good on you. How would you that be? Edward from Twilight uh, <laughs> being James. Well, Bond. Well, come on, Henry Cavill lost to Robert Pattinson for that movie. Oh, Henry Cavill, next Bond. Seriously, we're doing that episode next year. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so uh, <laughs> bang, bang, you shot me down, baby. Paul Dano <laughs> is just shooting random things. And he's the the town guy who's just a prick. And I love here, he's just kind of shooting at the bar. And, oh, Sam Rockwell, yay, another great actor who, uh, oh, what a man. You talk about mm-hmm. favourite actors, Sam Rockwell. Um He's coming out, standing up for his wife or his wife standing up for him, basically. And basically, Paul Dano's just holding everyone to ransom. You know, give me money. We're going to make a collection here for the preacher. And then he goes up to Daniel Craig and Daniel Craig, what, basically like knees him in the balls because he's badass. And then Paul Dano shoots a deputy. Uh, <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> accidentally. And then we meet the um, the the... 
what do you call him, Sheriff, um, which is played by Keith Carradine, Dexter. I know I don't think you've ever watched Dexter, but he's been in lots of things. Um, I like him. See, another great actor. Like, I like I get what you're saying about like maybe wasted, but I don't think anyone gives a bad performance. I mean, Harrison Ford's half asleep, but um, yeah. you know, which can we just talk about the fact that apparently Harrison Ford did not want to wear the uh, cowboy hat in this film because he yeah. thought it was too like typecast with Indiana Jones. <laughs> um, I could see, like, I could actually see that being more of a complaint of the director. I'm surprised that John Favreau didn't come up with something else, because if I were the director, I would be more concerned than Harrison Ford. With I don't want people to think this is Indiana Jones, especially if you're going for such a straight tone in this movie. And he's also what that, does he then complain that oh I'm not playing a cowboy because I was basically a space cowboy in Star Wars. So mm. you know where's the complaints of that? Um, so yeah, the sheriff is going to arrest Paul Dano here. Um, Meanwhile, we've got a scene of a bunch of people complaining about coffee being burnt and then essentially uh, we, we learn about them talking shit about their boss who we also hear that Paul Dano's dad, like, he owns this town, he provides you beef. And, like, straight away, like, I'm like, well, clearly that's going to be Harrison Ford, like the sort of the rich guy who runs the town essentially. But uh, this guy who's about to take an aqua dump all of a sudden um, gets dunked in the water while there's lights and all the cows have turned inside out. Colin's disappointed because we don't see these people burning. Uh, well, you, you sort of do. And then he realises that some sort of explosion has happened and all these cows and people have uh, basically burnt to death. Um uh, Paul Dano, is this where he's like complaining about like, oh, you're going to let me out because of my dad. Um, and he's like, oh, no, I won't. And then this is where the sheriff sees Daniel Craig on a wanted poster. And underneath you also see John Favreau is also wanted for apparently making this movie, according to Colin. <laughs> um, meanwhile, we're in the bar and uh, Sam Rockwell is basically talking to his wife and what is what is he like? He's like, oh, why did you marry me? And she's like, but I love you. And it's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I completely forget this woman is even in this movie. She, if I got to say any actress in this movie, there's, I mean, there's three women in this movie. She is the least memorable. <laughs> no disrespect to her. She did her best. Um, Daniel Craig comes in, has a drink. He gets a drink on the house because of what he did. Now, okay, you obviously didn't keep count of anything in this movie, but every single drink he has in this movie, I counted as a martini. So this might be our <laughs> highest count. I mean, I know Pierce in November Man had a few, but I've counted and I think, Craig has a few more here. Uh, we meet Olivia Wilde properly for the first time. We saw her looking at Daniel Craig seductively before, and oh, what a woman! Duh, Olivia Wilde. She's um, she's up there on on a top ten really? list of. You don't like Olivia Wilde? I okay. I'm not gonna say that she's bad in everything, oh. um, but she <laughs> she she's had a couple of really good performances, but Rush in this genre. It, like where she was sort of typecast in the early 2010s Tron legacy in this, she was just very underwhelming in both. And I, I feel like for a short period of time there, they were really trying to push her in a Sam Worthington. Um, who's that other guy that we hate? Jai Courtney type of way. Like, Jack this Smiggins. is your next Jack Smiggins. Yeah. They're trying to push her as like the next you know, Hollywood blockbuster leading woman. And she just doesn't fit it. When I've seen her in some other things where she gets to play characters with a bit more personality, some supporting roles, some grittier characters, she's actually quite good. Even on the OC, you know, she's not bad. Oh, she's but, good on uh, the OC. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's just, in these type of blockbusters, I just find her extremely bland. And 
of all the actors in this movie, I know you talk about the other woman, uh, <laughs> the other woman, but uh, she's the definitely better young. than she's better than that one. But uh, that one, the other one. Uh, <laughs> but no, I just I don't find that she fits this genre well. I don't buy her as an action star. Maybe that's it. I've never seen Tron Legacy. Um, the Great OC. Movie. Look, she was fine in the OC. The only thing that annoyed me about the OC was just that, oh, let's make Marissa a lesbian for an episode. I mean, <laughs> I'm down for watching Olivia Wilde and Misha Barton make out. Like, fine by me. But, like, it's just, it's kind of like, oh, let's get a few people extra to do that. Um, but you know what? That, that really pinpoints, I think, what the problem is with her. She, I'm not saying she's not a likable person in real life, but I don't buy her when she's supposed to be a likable character when she's playing a scumbag character like on the oc she's kind of a little bit scummy you know other things i've seen her in she's kind of scummy when she's playing a scumbag i like her when she's supposed rush? to be a hero she's i don't great in rush she's so I good in rush she's even in rush oh god you gotta watch rush again rush is a great film um and jason sudeikis how did he land her can i just point that out like i mean <laughs> i'm not saying he's an ugly guy but like i mean you know olivia wilde and jay like you don't see them together right like if, if he can get Olivia Wilde, I've got a chance. I'm a bit Jason Sudeikis, aren't I? You know, no, uh, absolutely. Yeah, can I just point out that her maiden name is Cockburn? <laughs> Cockburn. It's pronounced. It's pronounced Coburn. <laughs> Spelt Cockburn. Oh, so I, you funny. always get a kick. I wonder if that's a Canadian thing. I mean, she's not Canadian, is she? Is she? I don't uh, think so. No, she's she's born in New York City. How do you yeah. get Coburn from Cockburn? It's spelled well, C-O-C-K-B-U-R-N. But it's actually a very common name here in Canada. So every time you're like Cockburn, I'm like, what? What? No, Coburn. <laughs> but it literally is spelled like cock. Cockburn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get how you get Coburn from that. You know, wild Cockburn. I got Coburn. That sounds like it. I got Coburn from that. I didn't mask up and I got Coburn. Can we, can we, can we call this episode wild Cockburn? <laughs> no. I'm writing it down as a potential. <laughs> wild, wild Cockburn, maybe. Or are we going to call this, we're not calling this episode wild Cockburn. Um, but uh, so she basically um, rocks up here to Daniel Craig and he's all like, go away. Um and <laughs> actual quotes from the movie. Go away. <laughs> Daniel Craig's only probably got about like fifty lines in this movie. I feel he doesn't talk that much, but um, no. uh, but so she's just all being all mysterious and like I know who you are and or like who are you and like that. Okay, one problem I have with this movie is that she's mysterious for no fucking reason. She's mysterious for the movie. Like the movie's yeah. got a movie, so we've got to have this big plot twist of her being put in a fire and she comes out. Oh, mysterious woman, good for her. But like. If you actually analyze this, analyze this, analyze this, Sigmund Freud, she she literally has no reason to be like, why can't you just literally be like, hey, you're that guy. I remember you from the spaceship. I'm here to save you all. Like, again, movie's got a movie. But, yeah, anyway. Um, so Sheriff comes in here and he's all like, I'm going to arrest you. And he's all like, I wouldn't do that if I was you. And then we get a good old Western standoff here, a bit of a bar fight. Olivia Wilde knocks him off. That sounds wrong. And then next minute, Daniel Craig wakes up in jail and he has a few flashbacks here. So we've got a house. We've got a woman. She's on the ground. We've got flashes of light. And Paul Dano's uh, mocking him. And I love Daniel Craig knocking out Paul Dano, just whacks him into the um, the side of the, the prison cell. 
Uh, we meet Harrison Ford for the first time. He's uh, interrogating our guy before who's taken the aqua dump. And there are a couple of fun Harrison Ford scenes here. I do like how he's kind of like, so you're saying that there was a light and out of nowhere, all my cows just burnt. Like, I do kind of like, like, even when Harrison Ford's bored, he still brings yeah. something to a film. Like, I mean, he was bored in The Force Awakens. He didn't want to be there. Um, but he still, like, brought... You know, That's not how the Force works. Like, <laughs> he's still able to deliver, like, a line here or there. Um, I love this uh, bit where they drag off the, the guy here on the horse. If you ever play Red Dead Redemption, one of the things you can do is you can literally rope people up and drag them from the back of a horse. It's hilarious. Um, we meet Adam Beach for the first time. No, actually, no, we yes. met him before, I think. No, we met him before. But I love Adam Beach. He was, uh, I literally became familiar with Adam Beach because of Third Watch. He plays uh, Carlos's brother in that show. And I know we talked about him when we did Suicide Squad over on uh, the Oz Network. But uh, when it picks on. For some reason on the Everything Wrong With movie, this guy's, like, bagging out Adam Beach every single time. Like, he says a line, and this, the narrator's like, ladies and gentlemen, Adam Beach. Like, what I don't get it. Yeah, I know, right? Like, leave Adam Beach alone. I like Adam Beach. This is, um, um I, I know I've mentioned this when we did the Suicide Squad on the Oz Network, but uh, Adam Beach is probably the most famous actor uh, that still lives in Winnipeg or, or still keeps ties. I guess Nia Bardalis still has ties to Winnipeg, but uh, uh, Adam Beach, um, he broke through in Canadian movies in the mid nineties. So he was a big deal here in Canada before he started getting like wind talkers, the John Woo movie with him and Nicholas Cage. It's actually an underrated movie. Uh, but uh, what's cool about Adam Beach is that he actually, uh, he, he runs at the Adam Beach acting Academy here in Winnipeg. Still, he has oh, his own cool. acting school. You should go to uh, it. And yeah, I should, yes, I could learn how to act like, Adam Beach. Uh, <laughs> Ladies I mean, and gentlemen, Adam Beach. <laughs> he's also wasted in this movie because he's a much better actor than what he's given. And like everybody's just shortchanged. I'll, I'll get lots of complaints as we run through the cast in this movie about things you could have done with them. Um, we, I, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of cap it here just before we get to the first alien attack. So, um, the sheriff is basically talking to Daniel Craig and is like, this is what you did. You're wanted for like murder and this, that and everything else. And they're going to take him and Paul Dano to Santa Fe for trial. Um, so this movie actually was filmed in Albuquerque. So I was waiting to see Walter White. Um, this One thing you got to say, this movie looks stunning. Like I, I do love the locations of this film. Like I, I love the setting that they're kind of using it. Um, so as they're about to transport him out to Santa Fe, We've got a cool-looking scene when we see these torches arriving and it's Survivor. Jeff Probst is here to vote everybody out. Um, but Harrison Ford and the crew rock up and he's like, release my son. And he's like, no. And he's like, yes, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Um, and we should say that his name is Colonel Woodrow Dollarhide. Of course it is. Great name. Uh, great name. So it's a Bond name, that one. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it could be a, in a Bond film. Um, and then also Harrison Ford recognizes, uh, Daniel Craig. He's like, you're that James Bond fellow. (laughs) (laughs) You just killed James Bond. Uh, is that who it was? Um, and we find out that, uh, apparently Daniel Craig has stolen gold from, uh, I love gold. So many James Bond connections to this movie. Gold stolen. (laughs) Um, so there's a bit of a standoff here and then we're about to have alien ships attacking. So, I'll, I'll cap it just before the first alien attack. Oh, wow. Because you gave me so much to talk about in this first 33 minutes of the movie. And that's the first thing that happens. Um, that's what's wrong with this movie. I'm going to run through the whole cast here because all my notes is just about what you could have done to give these characters some personality, give the some story to this story. Uh, 
and I'm not going to say this is one of these movies where, oh, well, you, you can't fit all that in the movie. It's two hours and 15 minutes in the extended cut already. They didn't fit anything in the two hours. I feel like I've watched two hours and 15 minutes with nothing happening. Um, so we have Harrison Ford's character who's supposed to be, you know, he's, he's a big gang guy, right? And, oh, his son's the screw up. Why is that not part of the movie going forward? Why is Paul Dano, who they don't play it for laughs. If this were Robert Downey Jr., you know, in this movie, I could see Paul Dano trying to shoot somebody and accidentally shooting somebody, you know, completely in the other direction. Oh, oh, what did I just do? I could see that being played as a joke. It's not played as a joke here. It's being played as he's just really bad. He's a bad, he's the world's worst outlaw. And if you had Harrison Ford, you know, who had to, who was this big outlaw himself and his son was this massive screw up. And you had this conflict between father and son throughout the course of this movie. Then you have something to this movie. You have the characters having something to do they sort of set that up and don't go anywhere with it. Um, I'll get into the problem with Olivia Wilde's character later and how you could fix that. Same with Daniel Craig, uh, Adam beach. He's supposed to be Harrison Ford's right-hand man. Why aren't you incorporating that as part of this plot between the father and son? You, you shouldn't be having your son, you know, uh, uh your, your son is just taking, uh, you know, all the, the attention off of us. The, the guys who are good outlaws, you could be doing something with conflict with Adam beach and Paul Dano and have some type of standoff between them, you know, give the characters a bit of personality. Sam Rockwell, they introduce him well. If the first 30 minutes of the movie, they introduce ideas for the characters that don't really go anywhere. Clancy Brown, this preacher, is he going to be able to pull the trigger? Oh, I don't know if I can go on this mission. You know, I, I can't kill anything, but it's just an alien. You can kill it. All right, I'm going to kill it. This kid, why is the kid in this movie? Yeah. This oh, my kid. grandpa. Who cares about your grandpa? We don't know who your grandpa is. Make it like your brother or, or your mother or something like that. Who cares about a grandpa? Grandpa's going to be dead in a year anyways. I mean, life expectancy, he shouldn't have lived as long as he did. Hello, um, hello to all our grandpas listening <laughs> to 007 today. Hope you have a good life. <laughs> we, we brought year. up your name. We brought up your name. You're going to be dead by the end of the week anyways. Uh, but there's so many great ideas. They sort of plant the seeds up for the characters that don't go anywhere. And the things they try to do with these characters, it's so subtle that it has no impact later in the movie. And if we had a story, like a big complicated story in this movie, you could maybe excuse it and say, well, they had too much plot going on, but there's no plot to this movie. I, I, I honestly feel like we're 33 minutes in and the first bit of action we get, I count, I keep counting every time something exciting happens. 61 seconds in, we finally get this, the end of the, 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 the studio logos and the, the movie starts. 18 minutes in, a guy pinched a loaf in a river. First <laughs> bit of excitement in this movie. You love uh, a good aqua dump. <laughs> 33 minutes before the aliens arrive. Uh, nothing happens prior to that. Daniel Craig wanders it down. Daniel Craig, for a guy who has amnesia, and this is this is a knock against the script, not Daniel Craig. I would expect him to be a little bit more panicked, a little bit more confused. See this thing on his wrist and like really be freaking out instead of like, hmm. So that's what that thing does, you know. I don't know what Sean Connery's doing. Sean Connery, Sean Connery, Sean Connery plays every role wrist. in this movie. <laughs> Stupid um, fucking alien. <laughs> and they. They jump to the revelation of the flashbacks with Daniel Craig way too early because what is interesting about this movie and what this movie was sold on was that opening shot. Cowboy wakes up in the middle of the desert, got a weird flashing light thing on his wrist. How is that even possible? He's a cowboy. They shouldn't have electricity or anything like that. That was the hook of this movie. And not even a quarter of the way into this movie, they're blowing it. Oh, he's got flashbacks of his wife. So obviously he's not an alien. And I'll say, I completely agree with you. This movie would have been made by him being the alien. 
even if you had found a way to work around the flashbacks with the wife or implanted or something like that, because he was undercover on earth or something along those lines. There's just so much potential that's wasted in this first half hour of the movie here where they really do absolutely nothing. I don't agree. Uh, sorry, I do agree with you that, like, that's what I said before. I think there's so much in this movie where, like, the kid, because what does he say to the sheriff? The sheriff's his grandpa. And he's like, but dad's gone away. Your dad will return, son. Like, it's kind of like, okay, let's set a little thing up here. And then legitimately I forget about that plot line later on. Yeah. Um, the even like Sam Rockwell's wife, like, like he's barely panicked that she's gone. The rest of it is just about, oh, I'm just going to learn how to shoot. Nobody Adam, in this movie's panicked over anything. The Adam Beach thing, which to me comes out of nowhere later on when he dies, like I wish you were my father. Like you get one scene, and you know that's kind of goes there. Harrison Ford cares more about Adam Beach wanting to be his son than Paul Dano. Um, yeah, like I, I, I can't disagree with you. I, I agree with everything. Like that's. My biggest gripe about all this because there's so many things. And this this movie doesn't have a plot. Literally, the plot of this movie is Daniel Craig wakes up, doesn't know who he is, goes to a town, aliens attack, and they go and rescue some people. That's that's yeah. it. And along the way, we discover some things. I like I agree with you. I think the reason why I like this movie, though, is just, it's just I found it entertaining. I, I was not bored in this movie. Um, I legitimately... I'm entertained. I think the action looks great. Like, I, I am intrigued by these characters, even though the story is just shit. Um, but, like, I, like we'll get to the rankings at the end, but I would watch this over the majority of these movies that I've watched in the last six films, five films that we've watched with this. I, I mean, this is not ever going to make a top 100 of Ben Waterworth's films. But, like, it's just, it's, I just, it's one of these films where I'm like, okay, I can see maybe some of the criticism, but I don't think it's as bad as people are saying. Like, it's, it's somewhat weirdly enjoyable. Um, but each to their own. You're all idiots. Ben Waterworth is right. Um... <laughs> But there was something else she said that I was going to point out, but I can't remember. Um, oh, you, you're talking about the reacting to things. My th- the, the way I read this, like, why do these people not react to aliens? To me, it weirdly makes sense, because this is what, in the 1870s or 1880s, right? Like, they don't know anything. Like, there's no motorized vehicles. There's no planes. They know nothing. Like, this is, like, they have no idea what this is. So to them, they're just kind of like, huh, what's that? And, like... Like, to me, it acts differently if you're seeing this in modern times when you're used to flying things and, like, it's something completely different. Well, that's not a plane. That's a something else. To them, they have no clue what this is. They've not even got something. Even when he looks at his wrist here and you hear the beep, he's like, oh, what's that? Like, are you going to be that shocked when you have no clue what that is? Yeah. I mean, if if some type of holographic thing just appeared in my living room, something that d- does not exist and is only thing, I mean, science fiction still exists. I don't, I don't know when this movie takes place, but, you know, things like War of the Worlds were written around this time period. So there were, there were ideas out there, but you should be even more panicked. if they, it, it, Even if it's not panicked, there should be curiosity. Nobody's even curious in this movie. And but- there's another movie that came out around the same time, which uh, I, I think I, I put it on my honorable mentions or I put it on my list when we did the Oz Network, our favorite films of the decade, John Carter, uh, which is very similar to this in that it's kind of a Western civil war setting. And this guy gets transported to another planet. There's at least a um, curiousness in that movie. Even if it's not panic, it's like, what is going on? There's weird creatures here. What are these weird creatures? What's that thing flying in the sky? And they even do it the other way when you have Martians or people on Mars who are asking him questions. And he's talking about how ships, you know, he's like, Oh, well you have ships in the sky. Ours just float on the water, like water. 
what, what what's a river what's it like you even have that mystery and that that curiousness on both sides john carter is the good version of this and that's a movie that also didn't have to play it for laughs it didn't have to go too over the top i'm actually going to change my pin now and say less um uh, you know, Guy Ritchie style, and you could just, John Carter proved you could make kind of this straight Western style movie with the science fiction elements and do it well without it being a joke. I, again, I get it, but like, I, I, I didn't really have a problem because like, I think the way I look at it is that, you know, these people don't have anything to relate this to. So like, this is all completely new to them. So they're more curious. They're more like, oh, like, what's but they're not like? curious in the movie. That's I the think thing. they are. I think they, they hmm. definitely are. I think <laughs> what's this like they like again they've got nothing to relate this to they they have no you can't even refer like there's literally nothing that they see here which they can even go that's like one of those flying machines like it's kind of like they just literally don't know so maybe they've not got a book or maybe they can't read I don't know like they've never heard of like science fiction to even kind of relate it to so I don't know I guess I like die another day I'm an idiot I, yeah, I you know you are an idiot um so the aliens attack again like this visually is a great looking film and the action I think is pretty good. Like I love this kind of sequence when you see the lights in the distance and they're all like, kind of like, Oh, what's that? And then out of nowhere, these ships come in and they start lassoing people and kidnapping people. And all of a sudden one of them crashes into the ground because Daniel Craig realizes this wrist thing can do something. So he shoots it up and blows it down. And so the alien is meant to come out of the ship and is then killing somebody in the house. Is that what it is? Because there's no alien that comes out of this ship. Or... Nothing about the science of this movie makes any sense. I just, I just want an alien to like come out and Daniel Craig to punch it and go, "Welcome to Earth." Um, <laughs> oh, why have we not done Independence Day? What a movie! Um, except for the second one, the second one was shit. Day too. <laughs> oh God, don't remind me that exists. Come on, you would rather watch this than Independence Day two. I recently rewatched Independence Day two. I'm gonna at least say this. At least Independence Day 2, you can laugh at the bad things about it. This movie's not even funny, the bad things about it. The last time I tried to rewatch Independence Day 2, I literally got an hour in and I'm like, no, nah, I can't. Like, I think <laughs> I like the the bit where they even where they destroy the cities, which is meant to be the best part. Like, there's some of that, which is kind of cool. But, like, I just, I'm just like, Liam Hemsworth, you're not a thing. And, like, Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> stop playing Jeff Goldblum. Like, hey, you- but. Judd oh. Hirsch driving kids around in a van, that's no. quality entertainment. <laughs> see, see, like, to me, like, I love Judd Hirsch, but, like, I just found that kind of creepy. Like, Judd Hirsch <laughs> picking up kids in a bus. Like, I went to jail for that, Colin. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Um, but I, I, I love this action sequence. I think it looks cool. I love the kind of the night setting and everything and kind of the way he kind of shoots down the ship. And then it's, it's, it is legitimately a little bit creepy when you've got like these screams coming from that house and uh, the, the alien sort of escapes and runs away. So, and I like that moment when Harrison Ford accidentally shoots the ship and they kind of look at him and he's just like, mm-hmm, and they kind of keep going. Um, and so they're all like, oh, we can't do anything tonight. We're going to have to go off in the morning and we're going to go find our family and everything um god that remember that show i don't think they would have done a canadian version we had an australian show called find my family god that was shit um it was literally like jenny hasn't seen her dad in 40 years will we like well obviously you're gonna find him otherwise why would she be on find my family sorry jenny we couldn't find your dad sucks to be you next week on find my family (laughs) like dick find my family Um, so the next morning they get the gang together and everybody's going, the kid's going for some reason. The one thing I, this kid is shit. Like, it's like, I want to come. No, it's too dangerous. It's all right. I'll look after him. Okay. 
Everyone finds a reason to come here. Oh, and another thing too, which I've got a question. Why is the preacher and the barman doctors? I don't get it. Everybody's a doctor. Like, why are they doctors? Like, you're a doctor. Like, they've got so many doctors in this town that they've got to have second jobs. One's a barmaid, one's a preacher. <laughs> like, here's a controvert. Like, like I, I, I like this movie. I'm not down on this movie. I think the cast are good, and I, I don't. I'm not down on it as much as you are. But Clancy Brown. Not as good as a preacher as LL Cool J in Deep Blue Sea. Controversial opinion. <laughs> agree or do, or do you agree or not agree? I, I think everything about Deep Blue Sea is better than this movie, so oh, I'll agree. <laughs> Deep Blue Sea, can we do that movie, please? Yeah. <laughs> I, I Did I tell you I watched like half an hour of Deep Blue Sea 2 and I'm like, even oh, Michael too. Beach can't save this movie for me. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't get through it. Um, literally the bit where that shark jumps up and bites the head off that person, I'm like... Come on, you're just trying to be part one. There's a part three now. Did you know there's a part three yeah, now? I haven't been able to bring myself to watch that one either. I mean, I just I kind of want to watch the rest of it just because Michael Beach is like a hammy, evil Bond villain, and I love Michael Beach. But, um, yeah, Michael Beach, better hammy villain in Aquaman. There you go. Um, so they're off on their little adventure. Uh, Daniel Craig, meanwhile, like, I don't – how does he find his house? I don't get how he all of a sudden find, and Olivia Wilde's following him and he's like, go away. And then he gets a bit <laughs> rapey, gets a bit rapey with Olivia Wilde. She's like, I can help you. And he's like, go away. Um, that's literally what he says. And the woman who is like Daniel Craig's girlfriend in the flashback, she's off things, yeah. isn't she? Um, yeah, what's she, her name? There was um, a TV show that she did. Uh, I, I started watching it when it first came out. I, I didn't keep up with it. It was like a time traveling TV Abigail show. Abigail Spencer. Yeah, she was also in True Detective, um, but uh, I mean, she's she's an actress that has a lot of potential. But I, I think she's kind of been stuck in TV. Mostly. I'm really trying to remember what that time travel TV show she had was because it was a it was a really cool idea. She was in How I Met Your Mother, so I'd recognize her from that. Um, ugh, she's in Grey's Anatomy. Um, <laughs> uh, True Detective, as you said. Um, was it rectified? Anything with the word time? No. Anything with the word time in it. It's got to be... Uh... Uh, Hawthorne, The Glades, Castle, Mad Men, Private Practice, Rex is Not Your Lawyer, Moonlight, oh. Bones, Welcome to the Captain, Ghost Whisperer, Angela's Eyes, Gilmore Girl, Killer Instinct. Timeless. Like, timeless. Timeless. That's... um. Mm-hmm. Who was in that? Who else was uh, in Matt that? Matt Lanter. Oh, the Matt Lanter. Oh, okay, <laughs> he's a... Anakin Skywalker, what am I saying? Yeah. Um, my, I think I've told this story before on the Oz Network. I, you met him. You met Anthony. Remember when I was in Minneapolis, yeah. Anthony? Um, I thought you met, met Matt Lanter. Did I? Well, well Anthony, <laughs> like, even know it. the only reason I know Matt Lanter is because Anthony, like, he's gay, good for him, and he loves Matt Lanter. Like, do you remember the show, uh, was it Commander-in-Chief, when Gina Davis was the yeah. president and Donald Sutherland? Great show, underrated. Jason Wiles was in that show, too. I love that show. Um, Matt Lanter was the son, was Gina Davis' son. And I remember we used to watch an answer. It's like, oh, he's so hot, he's so hot. And all I get every single day was the Matt Lanter hot update and, like, I'm getting the lunchtime on the, the computers at school and he'd be going, like, mattlanterhunk.com and just, like, downloading <laughs> Matt Lanter. So, like, when all of a sudden I, like, I'm like, whatever happened to him one day? And that's when I discovered he's, like, Anakin Skywalker in, like, the show. So um, that's how I knew Matt Lanter. But, <laughs> like, whatever happened to Matt Lanter? Is he still a thing? Uh, I mean, he's been doing... Anakin Skywalker for a while. Oh, lucky man. (laughs) (laughs) Who wouldn't want to do that? Anakin, bend over. Um, It's coarse and rough and irritating and it gets there. I hate him. Uh, It was like so long since we've quoted Anakin. 
Um, so, yep, they're off. Uh, so, yeah, Daniel Craig's having flashbacks in his house and we kind of see this flashback of them getting kidnapped. So, basically, Daniel Craig and his girlfriend were kidnapped and on the ship and he has escaped. That's the plot of that. And we're going to see that she gets turned into, like, dust, basically. So, I'm just going to say that now because I'm going to forget there's flashbacks intercepted and he escapes and that's why he's got the thing around his wrist. Um, so, yep, there's the plot. Uh, meanwhile, is there riding through we get what's that line when it's like um oh we've got a kid a dog why not a woman you know <laughs> sexism a yay a woman <laughs> Roger Moore. a kid a dog why not a, a woman, woman? <laughs> um we rock up to the boat uh what's that line they say it's kind of like i've never seen a boat upside down before or something like that which i kind of like that line wait wait uh, so so wait, they have that type of curiousness but at no point, I've never seen a, a creature that opens his chest before. Or I've never <laughs> seen a flying light in the sky before. Why can't we have those? Like the biggest mystery to them in this movie, an upside down boat. Because they what? know what a because they know what a boat is, so they can say <laughs> that I've never seen one of them before. Like right now, I'm, if a, I'm going if to, a, I'm going to dispel your 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 idea of you know, oh, if you don't know what it is, you're not going to have. First of all, that just means you have a boring movie. I mean, the whole point about putting aliens in a cowboy movie is because it should be even more mysterious. But Casper, um, he had this thing about a year ago where he was obsessed with bumblebees. Uh, we, we don't know where it came from, you know, reading a book, watching a show, but he was, bees were like so, he listened to bees humming and he would just love that. And one time we got this app on his thing, which was like, you know, all the different animals and everything went to insects and we looked, went to bumblebees. And we didn't even tell him what it was. We just pulled up the picture. Casper, you know what that is? And he was like, oh! Like, and he wasn't, like, scared. It was, like, startled. And he's, like, looking at it like, oh, oh. And, like, you he, realize he was the picture just... of me. <laughs> but he, no! he was just, it, he was caught off guard because he had probably only seen drawings of a bumblebee and things like that, maybe seen it in a cartoon. So to actually see what it looked like in real life, it was startling to him, even though he didn't even know that was a bumblebee. It still was like, what is that? I don't know what I'm looking at. There should be something of what is this? Even if it, even if it's not, oh, this is an alien, it should be, what am I looking at? Okay, see your point. But in my rebuttal, the native people of, of Canada, America, Australia, indigenous. any countries in the indigenous people of, of any country in the world, when... You have the people coming to discover the land. You know, you've got Christopher Columbus. You've got Captain Cook coming to Australia. Like, you don't have the indigenous people going, ah, what are they? And they run away to think. But they're again, curious. They, they come they up don't and like, to, oh, what is this? But the people in this movie aren't even curious. That's my point. It's just nothing. Like, oh, well, well we better go after those people that the giant light in the sky somehow lassoed from okay. the ground. Colin Hilding, have you ever seen a kangaroo in person? Yes, once at the zoo. Well, like in the wild, have you seen like, you know, no. if you walked outside, if you walked outside right now and a kangaroo was hopping down the street, are you going to go, ah, it's a kangaroo? Or are you going to go, oh, it's a kangaroo? Yes, that's exactly what I do. So why aren't the people in this movie even doing that? That's my point. They they're not even of, doing it. But they they're are. not. When the alien ships, I mean, I don't know what movie you're watching, but when the alien ship was coming to the town, I didn't see any of them running around or just standing there going, like they're going like, what's that in the distance? And they're looking curiously and then they start getting blown up and then they're scared. 
Yeah, they're not scared though. And then after that happens, the curious sisters go, it's basically hmm, a light in the sky. That's interesting. How about everybody just got abducted with giant glowing ropes that pulled them into the sky and we had these creepy looking, disgusting, giant eight foot tall bugs from what they should see it as. And there's no reaction whatsoever. Yet they're all so committed. We need to go on this mission. What for? Because something took our, our but, women. But you, you, you literally said it right there. You said they go, hmm, what are those lights in the sky? That would be exactly the same reaction. Hmm, what's a kangaroo hopping down That's the street in Winnipeg? But, but their only reaction is a light in the sky. What about everything else that happens after that? That's what the plot of this movie is. The characters need to be engaged for the audience to be engaged. Two quick stories to make you laugh because you're getting. I thought angry. we'd be this done is, this. <laughs> this is now. Nah, we'll, we'll, I'll rush through it quickly. There's a whole lot. There's really not a lot to talk about in this movie, so that's why we're padding it out with funny material. Um, the first time I ever went to Victoria, and I remember being in a house and seeing deer in the backyard. Like, oh my god, deer! So like, I went out the back and I'm looking at them, and somebody's like, "Oh yeah, don't go near them." Ben. I'm like, "Why? They're just deer." And then all of a sudden, one comes like the stag comes with the horns, and like, "Yeah, I wouldn't go near that one, Ben. Like, he's gonna hurt you." So. <laughs> Finally, listen, but when I was about, I think, three or four, we had a exhibition come to Hobart. It was like dinosaurs. So it was like one of these ones where they get like, you know, life-size animatronic T-Rexes and shit like that. And I was all like gang-ho, like, yeah, dinosaurs, woo! And my dad will tell this story all the time. Like, I swear to God, you meet him, he will tell you this story. So, like, I go running in, I'm like, yeah, dinosaurs! And then straight away there's a giant T-Rex and I'm like, ah, dinosaur! And I sprint out the other direction, both past my parents, and I went straight outside the front. I nearly went straight onto the road and get hit by a car. My dad had to catch me. So, like, he always tells this story about how excited I was, and then I shat myself as soon as I see a dinosaur and nearly died on the road. So, um, true story. There you go. And Ben was 28 when that happened. That actually only happened the other week. So, um... Anyway, all right, so, okay. Uh, do you have anything to add on the alien attack? Because I can, oh, I can lump a lot of shit in here right the now. The only thing I want to add is there are some things about this movie. Again, there's potential for a lot of things in this movie. The way that they abduct people, we're so used to alien movies where you see a beam that just beams them up, right? Uh, or a mini ship will come down. The fact that it is basically doing a sci-fi version of a Western movie, it's a lasso that comes down from the ship and pulls yeah. them up. I love the visual of that. Um, so there are a couple of things where they're like, okay, you have an interesting idea here. They just couldn't come up with a story to actually build it around. I, I like that kind of thing too. But okay, like, well, Mr. Oh, I want to be done by now. Um, <laughs> I thought I'd be done by now. <laughs> let's, let's do it. That's what Jamie says all the time. So they're on this <laughs> boat and, yeah, like there's a few like transitions. Like, okay, so Sam Rockwell's learning to shoot a gun. Cool. Harrison Ford had his moment here with Adam Beach. Cool. Harrison Ford's a dick to a little kid because he's eating an apple in front of him, so he ends up giving him... Is this where he gives him the knife and he's all like, oh, this is what I did and I slit someone's throat? Like, I actually read a bit of a mistake here in this movie is that apparently the stainless steel knife wasn't invented until, like, the 1900s or something. So, like, this is apparently factually incorrect. Um, And the aliens aren't factually incorrect. (laughs) We get um, sexy Daniel Craig and sexy Olivia Wilde and she's turned on by wounds um, to which they're interrupted by an alien. The little kid um, nearly sees an alien, but the preacher's dead. He gets killed. Sad. Um, And this is the first time I think we kind of actually get to see the alien. 
uh, which it, you know what it looks like. Um, I mentioned ants before. Uh, it kind of looks like one of the ants from Ants. So uh, yeah, are you are you an ants or a bug's life man, Colin? Uh, I actually prefer ants. I, I don't know. Me too. Bugs Life is like the forgotten Pixar movie anyways. Oh, but It's I, the Romania of yeah, Pixar exactly. movies. <laughs> but I feel like that is the obvious answer. But I think Ants is far better movie than A Bugs Life. Even though A Bugs watch- Life has Dave Foley. But Ants has Sylvester Stallone. I used to watch Ants on repeat. Like, I used to love the shit out of me. But, like, things with A Bug's Life, like, I actually enjoy A Bug's Life. I always, Every time I watch them, like, I always forget how much I like this movie. And I, but I always feel bad for it because I used to love it when they would promote those earlier pieces from the makers of Toy Story, Monsters, Inc. Like, um, yeah, you did another movie yeah. uh, in there. Like, <laughs> it's like the <laughs> James Bond movies. It's like, yes, we were behind Le Chief and Silver. <laughs> Dominic Green. Uh, it's kind of like when you talk about the, the family of Oz Network shows. It's like from the creators of Double Oz 7, Your Oz Vision, and Off the Podium. None of those other, like, oh, who cares about the Oz Network and Australian Survivor Archives and Qualifying Lap and the Brink. Qualifying Lap. Who cares about those? Um, so, yes, the preacher's dead. Uh, they bury him the next morning. Uh, they're on this. Oh, this is the bit now where Harrison Ford gives him the knife. So they're walking through the thing. There's a stick up, and for some reason, we've got to have a side story about. Daniel Craig's old gang to which he has a standoff with some man and kills him. Cool. Um, yeah, this part of the movie, I'm just kind of like, okay, what's the point of this? Uh, they keep calling Olivia Wilde a whore, which isn't very nice, but sure. Uh, and then we get another, which I will say, this doesn't make sense because later on Olivia Wilde is going to be all like, oh, they don't come out during the day. They only come out at night. Well, why are they attacking you now in the day? Uh, that makes no sense. She uh, is so useless in this movie. There's going to be another part coming up later on where I'm like, wow, like her purpose in this movie is basically just to be the whore. I mean, there's nothing else. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, as far as like the, the, the woman on the trip, she, okay, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to jump to it now, okay? There's a part coming up later on where she describes, oh, this is the way the aliens work. Oh, I'll save it. I'll save it because it'll give me it'll give me some material for later on. But yeah, everything she says in this movie is wrong. So I don't know why she's the expert. You know, I actually used to get this movie confused with another movie that I've never seen, which I would like to see. Uh, the Seth MacFarlane one he did, the Western one. That's oh, got, a million um, ways to die in the West. Is it Charlize Theron in that? Is she? Yeah. Um, yeah. Isn't there Liam like a Neeson. Doc Brown cameo in that too? Like from I Back haven't seen future? it either, but I, it's again, it's on my list. I just heard it was so bad that I never got around to seeing it. I just, I just have a real thing for Seth MacFarlane comedy. Uh, like, cause Ted is a movie that I've seen. I've not seen and the I second c- one. I couldn't get into Ted. Ted has a reference to um, Octopussy in it because it, they, they doesn't Does um, it? doesn't the Ted Teddy Bear sing um, All Time High? Like, isn't there a sequence Does where it? he's like drunk and singing All Time High, something like that? Um, oh, did you see my my our group thread that I downloaded the Shaken Not Stirred album finally, the David Arnold yeah. one, which uh, not bad. I, Iggy I actually Pop. Like that. Yeah, Iggy Pop. That's that's the best one on there. <laughs> the uh, the All Time High version, much better than the original. Chrissy Hines doing um, Live and Let Die, not too bad. So mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, um, so this sequence happens where Daniel Craig jumps on an alien spaceship and uh, Olivia Wilde, uh, can you swim? And they jump in the water and blow up this thing. And then all of a sudden, I, I, I there was two scenes in this movie which made me shit myself. This one when he like just like fuck jumps up, and then scene later on with the kid in the rock. I'm like fuck. You know, alien jump scare. Live a while gets like basically fatally wounded. We've got this weird, it's almost like a quantum of solace walk through the desert here uh, with like a flashback. And then Olivia Wilde is dead. 
Uh, <laughs> which I was like, fuck, all right, this movie just took a turn for the worst. And then they get kidnapped by... Now, okay, what is the correct terminology here, Colin? Can I say Indians? Indigenous. Well, in, Indig- in this genre, genre at this time period, <laughs> you could have, but... Okay, well, based on this time period, the Indians kidnap... Um, <laughs> The Native Americans, uh, which this is, it was a weird transition. I actually had to rewind this bit because I'm like, I didn't get it. When all of a sudden you've got like everyone going like, ah, like in the fire. And I'm like, is this Return of the Jedi? Are these Ewoks? Like what's going on here? Uh, and then all of a sudden I'm like, wow, that, that got weird. Olivia Wilde just gets thrown on the fire. All right. Fucking thanks, Olivia. There you go. <laughs> to which all of a sudden five minutes later she's walking around naked, which, you know, bad editing here. We didn't see the good bits. But I I do love the fact here that Daniel Craig's all like, I'm going to be a gentleman and cover her up. After 10 minutes of staring at her tits. Uh, <laughs> like, literally everyone's like, oh, there are boobies. To which he so slowly walks up to her and puts it on her. Like, come on, Daniel. Like, I'm sure if this was Eva Green, it would have been 20 minutes. But, uh, <laughs> which, I, and another thing I have about this movie I don't get the whole, like, Daniel Craig's all, like, cut up about his beloved what's-a-face, but within five yeah. seconds he's wanting to mack it on with Olivia Wilde. I mean, okay, let's be exactly. honest. I'd want to mack it on with Olivia Wilde five minutes after my girlfriend slash wife died, but, I mean, you know, maybe ten minutes. <laughs> Let that sit with you for a second there, Daniel. Um, but then we get the twist. I couldn't tell you. You could. <laughs> I mean, there's no reason why you couldn't. Oh. That's not explained. And, yeah, I, I don't like this whole, like, reveal where she's all basically like, I'm another alien and these creatures stopped us and I'm here to protect you and I'm the only... Like, it's not explained at all. Like, not at all. I do not get this. Um, why all of a sudden, like, they, they need to be like, oh, these other aliens come from Mars and we come from Venus, like men are from Mars. I don't know. Like, just do it. And I do kind of like the fire scene, though, where Harrison Ford's like, you can't talk. It's like, you're a prisoner. A prisoner? I thought I was this person. <laughs> or like, no, a guest. I, a guest? I thought I was a prisoner. Like, which am I? <laughs> I do like that scene. But she rabbits on about this is what we're going to do and if we don't hurry up, your family's going to be dead. Um sad uh this is i think where we see the flashback where daniel craig escapes and the wife the girlfriend turns into dust they find the alien spaceship this is where olivia wilde just like makes all these plot holes about how they can only attack during the day and basically they're scared of us because they don't understand us like and we find out they're there for gold right so everyone in this movie wants gold (laughs) so the Native Americans want gold, which I do love that line from Harrison Ford. For what? To buy things? <laughs> I love that line, he says. Um, the the crew of Daniel Craig wants their gold back from the demons, which is what they're all calling these creatures. The aliens want gold for reasons. Everyone wants gold in this movie. It's all about the gold. It's Goldfinger, basically. I love gold. But what I don't understand is is why do these aliens kidnap the people? If all they want is gold, just fucking kill the people. Like, yeah. like why do There's... you need to go to this town to, like, you have landed on the, out? like, you have land, you, you live in Winnipeg. The aliens have landed 50 miles from Winnipeg in butt fuck nowhere. They're getting the gold. There's no reason for them to go via Winnipeg. They're in a spaceship. Like, they can just go over that shit. So <sighs> they're just showing off. 
Anyway, so this is basically now the plot that they're going to go in there and they're going to infiltrate the aliens and they're going to rescue the people and Olivia Wilde knows what to do because reasons. Um, Daniel Craig goes back and gets his gang back because he's like, hey, I can get your gold back, please. We need the extra manpower. And then... Basically, um, the end of this movie. Oh, look, oh, to keep you happy, let's just go all the way to the end. Um, well, I mean, seriously, like the last half hour of this movie is just a fight, and it doesn't really. There's, there's really not a lot to talk about. In all seriousness, well, do you want me to stop here and talk about things, or do you want me to keep? Let's going? stop because I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna have more rants when we get to the end than you might think. Okay. Well, okay. So what I what I will stop at is Daniel Craig drinks some Carver. He gets his memory back. He makes out with Olivia Wilde. And then we're ready to go the next morning. There we go. <laughs> oh, there's so many problems with this movie. Now that the plot has started. Uh, first, I'm going to bring up another movie that was about aliens invading Earth to take gold. That was more entertaining. Maybe not a better movie, better made, but more entertaining all around this. It was called Battlefield Earth. This is the plot <laughs> of Battlefield Earth. But Battlefield Earth, forever. <laughs> Battlefield Earth is hamming it up. It's even if it's bad, it's still funny bad, you know? Uh, stuff happens in the movie. It, this this movie is the exact same plot as Battlefield Earth, but nothing happens. Um, so many problems with the characters, again, that I'm going to continue to get into. There's no conflict with anybody, but yet it's like the screeners had a clear setup. And they, they wanted to go this direction of we're going to have outlaws and good civilized people. You know, outlaws like Ben and civilized people like Colin and Noah, um, having to mingle together for a common purpose. This a has podcast. been done a podcast. Yes. <laughs> They're going to call it the qualifying laugh. <laughs> ding, 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 and then you have Harrison Ford and the bombs drop later on with Daniel Craig. Well, he's not a good guy either. This is never a part of the movie and it should be, it should be. I don't know if we could trust them, but we have to work with them. If we're going to get our women back and our children back and our grandpas back. But, uh, but, but my man, <laughs> it's a view to a kill. <laughs> but, but maybe I'm a man. <laughs> but like they never go anywhere with that in the movie. And it's like the setup is there and they just, Drop the ball completely. Daniel Craig's revelation of, oh, well, he has a gang too when they run across his other gang. And I do like the way Daniel Craig plays it up by like punching the guy in the face or something like that when he doesn't have to. Uh, you'll spoke when you're, or you'll speak when you're spoken to, son. Uh, <laughs> that angry gang leader, Daniel Craig. But why is that not part of his character as well? Like he has thought oh, he wakes up he has no memory it doesn't seem to bother me he has no memory of anything at this point he should be thinking i might be an alien because i have their technology and then he thinks well i might be a good man because i have this wife and something tragic happened then you realize that you're the bad guy and then they don't go anywhere with the movie and it doesn't I th that scene directly follows the one where they're burying clancy brown and he's the only one who wants to stay behind to, to do does anybody want to say anything i'll say i'll stay and he's like hmm he was a good man <laughs> uh <laughs> nice head of hair <laughs> good smile Starship good troopers. he was pretty good in Starship us troopers. Uh... happy halloween lady <laughs> <laughs> but, but like that's his moment of oh he's the good guy and then he realized the next scene no i'm the bad guy why does that no go nowhere why doesn't he have some conflict of 
I, I, I don't need to be this bad guy. You know, I, I don't have any memory of that, but that's not me. I'm a good guy. That, that Olivia Wilde, I want to be with you, Daniel Craig, but <laughs> James Bond, but uh, you're a gang leader. Yes, but I also said nice words at a man's grave. It's nothing in this movie, and it should be because the setup is there. Um, what what else was I going to complain about here? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Haven't complained about die another day in a while. Do you want to complain about die another day? Again, your logic of well, they have nothing to equate it to, so there would be no surprise. Again, you you, you completely argue against your own point there when you refer to these things as demons. They do think they know what these things are. They think they're demons, therefore they should have some recognition. It should be fear. Uh, because they even established earlier in the movie, like there's this whole conversations about God and everything. And, uh, uh, oh, you think God's concerned with us? Then they refer to them as demons. That's their fear. Why is there no fear? Why is there no, no or, or any type of recognition or surprise? Well, Quarrel thought, uh, thought a tank was a dragon. So. And he had some fear of it. Like we get nothing in this movie. They even say these are demons and they don't act like they're demons. Uh, oh. Olivia Wilde coming out of the fire. Now, this is the dumbest scene of the entire movie. Uh, well, before I get to that, I just want to talk about the creature design is good for these aliens. Like, they look fantastic. And they're not all CGI. Uh, I think there's some practical animatronics there, which look they great. They actually got real aliens. They they, flew they did. Yeah they, yeah, yeah, they cast them. Yeah. And uh, fun fact, the, one of those aliens... Cards. One, of those fa- one of those aliens played one of the toys in Toy Story. So... <laughs> That's right. Uh, they also played Quarrel in uh, the <laughs> new Doctor No remake called No Time to Die. <laughs> oh, spoiler! I spent all this time without spoilers, and now you spoil it. Screw you, Colin Hilding. <laughs> Sorry, Quarrel Junior. Junior. A uh, Quarrel the Third. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the creatures look great. Uh, the scene that really bothers me is that kid, though. The kid confronting the alien, where he has some Fuck fear. That kid. It's not not in again, that way. <laughs> No. Anybody else on the podcast, they wouldn't have to explain that. Uh, <laughs> just, just, just like, I, I can't even say screw that kid. Um, death to that kid. Death to the, yeah, because killing children is so much better. <laughs> than having sex with them, yes. <laughs> I, I don't know if one's better or worse. I think oh, they're equally on. bad. Can we leave it at that? How is this a debate? <laughs> Can we just say they're both equally bad? You're like, you got offended when I said, well, killing them is much worse. You're like, well, they're having sex, sure it is. I think, <laughs> I think right, 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 if you met someone, right, and they were like, I'm a murderer, you bastard, I murdered a child. Oh, even worse, right? Okay, like you would you would think differently than them. If they were like, oh, I had sex with a child, even worse. That's Sex with a child is worse. I, why are you making this debate? They're both equally bad, and you're trying to say one's better than the other. I can make it worse. You can have sex with a child, murder it, and then have sex with it again. Oh, this has to be cut from the episode. Please tell me we cut this. No. <laughs> I think I made the best I'm off. moving on. I am moving on. <laughs> I am moving on. And is that what not we're calling be- the episode? Now, this- what is worse, sex with a child <laughs> no. or killing one? No, 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 no. Moving right on. in, everyone. Double on seven at hotmail.com. It's not going to be the title of the episode either. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this kid's awful in the movie, though. By the way, this kid was also awful in another movie that came out on the same time, but they should have told him not to cast him. Avatar The Last Airbender, the movie. Uh, oh. He starred as the whitewashed him? Chinese kid. Yes. So what's uh, this kid's name? Noah Ringer. 
Oh, Noah, of course. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. All right, Noah. There he is. Thank you very much, Noah. Oh, God. He's only been in two movies, The Last Airbender <laughs> and Cowboys and Aliens. There you go. It that, ended his career. <laughs> stupid little shit. Uh, okay, now Olivia Wilde coming out of the fire. This is the dumbest scene in the entire movie for so many reasons. When she comes out, again, to my point of no reactions to this movie, her exact line is something like, sorry, I should have told I wanted Daniel Craig to sorry, sorry. <laughs> but she goes, sorry, I should have told you. At this point, his question would be, Tell me what you just yeah. walked out of a fire. Like she's saying this as if this explains everything. Oh, I walked out of a fire. Well, now you know the truth, Daniel Craig. And I do. Like there's no reaction. His reaction is like, yes, yes, you should have. <laughs> the audience <laughs> is like, a woman just walked out of the fire. Tell me what it means, please. As you said, she's the alien. This is the bigger problem because it should have been him. Why is he not, or both of them? This is the mystery of the movie. You you remove the mystery earlier on by having him um, you know, have the flashbacks with his wife or whatever, uh, Miss Matt Lanter. <laughs> but now we find out Olivia Wilde is the alien, which big surprise to the audience. And then, as you said, the scene where, where you know, she's like, oh, I was afraid you wouldn't let me come along. I think that wouldn't guarantee he'd bring you along. The fact is they were debating whether the whore should be there earlier. So there, you being a regular human woman who wants to come along on this mission in 1890, whatever, is the issue with them bringing you along. You say, listen, I'm an alien. Watch me walk out of fire and I'll help you kill these things. That guarantees they bring you along. It's so stupid that she's like, well, I should have told you. Uh, third thing that bothers me in this movie. We're going to have Daniel Craig go through this big ritual where he drinks the liquid and he has his flashback. And his flashback is going to be exactly what we showed you earlier in the movie hmm. that has already been explained or implied. You have no surprise to the audience. You blew your wad so early in this movie <laughs> by revealing Daniel Craig and the wife. And now you spoil it again because this is supposed to be some massive revelation and the audience already knows. The, the, the screenwriters are trying to catch up with the audience at this point. It's just so stupid. It, it makes no sense. Battlefield Earth did it better. Uh, right before Salvation we get to the- did it better. Think about they it. Did, That's yes. when should have he was the I mean they gave it away in the trailer, yeah. but like, you know, the reveal that he's actually a Terminator. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, and maybe that's the reason they didn't do a Daniel Craig, because Terminator Salvation had come out two years earlier. But what would you rather watch? So Terminator was- Terminator Salvation or this? I'd rather watch Terminator Dark Fate or Genesis than watch this Ooh, again. Because, well, no. maybe not Dark Fate. I tried and it was so hard. Um, <laughs> Dark Fate's very similar to this. It's just a movie where nothing happens. Really boring. Uh, I don't know if this was part of what you covered, but the big speech that they give before they go in for the final action sequence, just so I don't miss it. This is the other idiotic thing why Olivia Wilde has no purpose in this movie because everything she says is wrong. She even says, don't worry. You're just like insects to these. They don't care about you at all. You're just like insects to them. Okay. At this point, Daniel Craig has broken out of the ship, the bug trap they have for these humans, which again, we can't explain why they're there. Um, he broke out. He killed one of your own. He stole your technology and he has been continuing to shoot down your ships. Now, if the army was on some war on another planet or another country let's just say we've gone to war with romania okay uh canadian australian armies are at war with romania and our general is on some big 
battleship and they have a, a mosquito infestation. And one of the mosquitoes takes our flies, a fly takes a fly swatter from the general of that army, starts whacking midshipmen, <laughs> killing them. A fly escapes from the ship with the fly swatter and then uses that fly swatter to start killing all the Australian and Canadian soldiers. You're not going to be treating it like it's an insect. At this point, these aliens are like, there's a problem here. This fly has just found a way to kill all of us. He's the number one priority. Why is she trying to don't worry. You're just like insects to them. Like she's an absolute idiot in this movie. Wow. Romanians are evil. (laughs) Romanian flies are evil. The people not so bad. Never going to book arrest anytime soon. We'll probably get murdered. Um, but again, I'm not going to disagree with a lot of what you just said. I see there are problems with this film. I'm just a dickhead because I like this movie. <laughs> I'm like, it's just, you know, like, I mean, there's, there's a, there, think of a movie right now that is stupid, but you like. Wild Wild West. Be, well, that's true, but Wild Wild West has got more of a plot. And Wild Wild West isn't, it's fun to watch. I mean, it's, what's his face in Will Smith? What's not to Die like? another day. He's a, <laughs> You would rather watch Die Another Day than this. We've established that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Would you rather watch the surfing scene of an iceberg in Die Another Day than this? Yeah, because at least you can mock it. Here I just get angry at the stupidity and nothing that happens in this movie. Would you rather listen to Die Another Day by Madonna, which will take three minutes of your life, versus two hours and 15 minutes of watching this movie? Yes, but (laughs) if I had to listen to Die Another Day for two hours and 15 minutes, I might have second thoughts. Well, what song is that again? Uh, I'm a cowboy. (laughs) Madonna should cover Bon Jovi. I'd watch that, listen to that. Maybe she has. I don't know. Would you rather listen to Billie Eilish um, sing No Time to Die for two hours and 15 minutes or watch this movie? (sighs) That's a tough one. I get angry at both, but I mean, at least in this, I could stare at Daniel Craig's beautiful face. Would you rather watch Kill Field 2? No, Cowboy? no, no. <laughs> Moving on. Ben, first you get on this whole murderer versus molester thing, and now you bring up Kill Phil Volume 2. Hey, that's mean. Um, <laughs> the Vanity Project of Ben Waterworth. Listen to the Oz Network. <laughs> um, so, the re- I mean, literally the rest of this movie just is a fight. Uh, so, and all you need to know about this fight is Daniel Craig and Olivia Wilde go inside the ship. Um, <laughs> the rest of the gang fighting on outside the ship. Um, the one scene I, I like is when they're climbing up that, the tower and that guy loses all the matches. I love that look that Daniel Craig gives him. Like he's just got this facial expression on him. just like the way he looks at him. It reminds me of the, it's tailored from <laughs> Casino Royale moment. Like just, <laughs> Daniel Craig is just, oh, I love this man. I just, I, I fall more and more in love with this man. Should be better in Bond. Is he good in no time eyes. to die? Don't answer that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but Olivia Wilde was great in No Time to Die. Oh, I can't believe she's the new James Bond. We never predicted it. Um, <laughs> so basically the inside story, the inside story of Daniel Craig and Olivia Wilde in Cowboys and Aliens is that she's like, Take off the wristband. I can't think about it. Okay. And it falls off. All right. Oh, uh, like, <laughs> again, this is, you're just arguing my point for me. 
That just reminds me of the meme from the, like, have you seen that Lion King meme where it's like Simba meets Timon and Pumbaa and it's like, oh, so my father was just killed by my evil uncle who has now taken over the entire kingdom and you cut to Timon and Pumbaa. Well, have you tried just not fucking worrying about it? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's literally the plot of the Lion King, right? Like, it's like, oh, I'm so depressed. Hakuna Matata. Okay, I'm over it. Disney, teaching kids how to get over depression <laughs> since 1994. Um, but at some point, Olivia Wilde is all like, I can stop this. I'll go to this place. Daniel Craig's like, okay. To which they go there. They see some light. Olivia Wilde is like, I'm going to do this. Daniel Craig's like, no. And then he's about to die from an alien and Harrison Ford somehow gets there and saves him. Meanwhile, outside, a bug nearly kills the kid, which I was so disappointed um, better than raping it though. Um, <laughs> oh. Adam Beach dies and has a sad moment with Harrison Ford because reasons. Uh, Sam Rockwell shoots. Uh, yeah, actually, here's a big thing for you. How come earlier on in the movie when they were shooting the aliens, it did nothing, but now when they shoot the aliens, they die? <laughs> I Think don't about get it, that. Ben. <laughs> Think about it when you come to your rankings. And also it comes to like the the bit where like the hands come out of the chest for reasons. Like I've got, you know, whatever. Ugh. Um the ship takes up, off it blows up. Livia Wilde's dead, Daniel Craig is not. Um oh, and everyone gets rescued. I should mention that. Um and we get the whole like, you know, oh Hi, wife. Hi, Sam Rockwell. Do you remember me? Yes. Hi, granddad. Do you remember me? And do we get, like, this really weird Star Wars reference from Harrison Ford? Like, hello, Paul Dano. Do you know who I am? I don't know. I am your father. Like, is that meant to be a reference to Star Wars by Harrison Ford? I don't know. I was more distracted by the fact that why is Paul Dano the only one that doesn't remember things? Because that's just Paul Dano. (laughs) He's, He's been there. Of all the people there, he's been there probably the shortest amount of time. He literally walks on there and he's about to say a line. You're not Steve Carell. What movie is this? (laughs) (laughs) Where's Abigail Breslin? (laughs) Now there's a Bond girl. Can we have that? Yeah, please. That. I don't mean that, but like, I mean, Abigail Breslin now, not Abigail Breslin in 2006. Yeah, exactly. Not Little Miss Sunshine. (laughs) Like Scream Queen's Abigail Breslin, right? He's talking about being spit roasted. Do you know how Google many that, times? Like, I, <laughs> no, thank you. I've, I've learned my lesson. Do you know how many? I'm sure you've had the same thing. Do you know how many times I feel like I have to explain myself every time Abigail Breslin's on screen? Yeah. Um, like, hey, hey, hey okay, I, I, I wasn't reacting like this during Little Miss Sunshine or Signs, okay? The worst one for me is Michelle Trachtenberg when I basically, like, I fell in love with her watching Harriet the Spy. <laughs> now, want to clarify that I was like 10 when Harriet the Spy came out and she was like 12, right? Right, She's but you now... only saw the movie for the first time at 28 again. Big year for exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I'm still madly in love with Michelle Trachtenberg. She's probably maybe in my top five. Like if you have a cheat, well, I don't need a cheat sheet now. Uh, my normal five, <laughs> like I would probably have her in there, but like now Michelle Trachtenberg, not 12-year-old Michelle Trachtenberg, all right? Just to, to clarify that. Um but yes, everyone is 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 rescued. Basically, Daniel Craig goes back to his house, leaves some flowers. Um, I had this really weird moment when Daniel Craig—they're doing this zoom in on his face, and you got this weird. What's the what is the deal with the hummingbird? I don't get it. Oh. Um, there's this weird angle of Daniel Craig where I literally thought it was Jeff Goldblum. I've never compared the two. They look nothing like each other. But for some reason, I'm like, is that Jeff Goldblum? All of a sudden, he just show up in this movie. So both manly, beautiful men. 
Beautiful men. Um, who would you rather, Daniel Craig or Jeff Goldblum? I mean, you always got to go with James Bond, right? Well, it's fucking Ian Malcolm, though. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sam Neill or Ooh. Daniel Craig, maybe then. How how would that be if you came home tomorrow and Jamie was in bed with Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, and <laughs> Daniel Craig? Kiefer Sutherland and Pierce Brosnan. She was having an orgy. Well, like, I, I don't think she'd be inviting me. <laughs> That's the sad part. <laughs> I mean, that would be the one time you'd kick Jamie out of bed. <laughs> Get them a diner Ab- out of the bed. Does anybody have Abigail Breslin's number? <laughs> you don't need Abigail Breslin in that situation. There's enough sex going on in that bed already. Um, hey, you know what? This is this is uh, completely off topic here. But, uh, oh, on 007? No. <laughs> uh, did you, uh, have you heard of the movie Dr. Zhivago? Yes, I have. Okay, it's a great movie. I mean, it's kind of, you know, unfairly grouped in as like a chick flick, even though it's completely not. It's basically a Russian revolution movie. Uh, but uh, I showed Jamie that movie the first time. It's the same director as Bridge on the Requiem and Lawrence of Arabia, which are two of my favorite movies. Uh, and then there was a mini series of that that was made in the early 2000s. And Sam Neill plays like, I guess, one of the villain characters in that movie uh, where he has sex with Kira Knightley. Now, I looked up the ages of... That's very evil. You have sex with Kira <laughs> Knightley. You're a villain! Well, but, but, I mean, she was 17 years old when she filmed the movie. So, uh-huh. I mean, Sam Neill, nobody questioned it. You could never get away with that now. But the fact is, in 2002, Sam Neill was having sex with Kira Knightley on screen, and nobody batted an eye. Why? Because he's Sam Neill. Well, That's James I, Bond. You want to know a creepy one that only Ben Waterworth would know? All right. American Beauty, bit creepy to watch now with Kevin Spacey, right? You know, yeah. reasons. Mainly because have he's after, after West Bentley. Well, I was going to say mainly because he's after young girls. That's not the thing. Yeah. Thora Birch in that movie, right? Mm-hmm. Bit of a, I'm attracted to Thora Birch. Good on her. Shows her boobs in the film. Great. <laughs> she was 17 when that movie was filmed. <laughs> so when you watch American Beauty and you're seeing yeah. Thora Birch's boobs, you are seeing a child's boobs. It's, it's exactly the same in the Dr. Zhivago remake. Kira Knightley is nude for a good yeah. chunk of that movie, fully nude. And I read up, I'm like, it's not a body double. It was her. And this is this is where like, it's all well and good to like cancel culture and all that sort of stuff. Like, oh, awkward watching Kevin Spacey being an old creep. You've got a child's boobs in there. I'm yeah. complaining about this. <laughs> You know, if you had a killed Thora Birch, fine, but you don't show a boobs. <laughs> Just wrong. All right. Um, uh, how so are we, we not having, canceled? Because nobody's listening. Uh, <laughs> no one listens. We're having a hoedown in the uh, the bar and um, cool. And then Harrison Ford comes in and is all like, drinks for everybody. Yay, Harrison Ford to the rescue. Um, his new company is... Paul Dano and Harrison Ford and son or whatever it is. Um, what a Daniel, lame ending. Oh, Daniel maybe Craig, we'll call it Dollar Hide and Son. Daniel and Craig, I would love that if I remembered you were my dad. Sorry. Uh, Daniel Craig's leaving and oh, what a shame. He died in the fire thing. Movie ends. One thing I want to say about this movie that maybe is my biggest gripe of everything, the plot, like whatever, I see the problems. This movie is billed as like James Bond and Han Solo. Harrison Ford and Daniel Craig share like two scenes together. They're mm. barely like I, I want this team up. I want them. But. I don't want. I don't want them. Um, excuse me. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want Daniel Craig and Olivia Wilde in the spaceship at the end. I want 
Daniel Craig. Like, yeah. Okay, technically he shows up and saves the day, but he's there for two seconds and then boom, movie's over. Like this is where the one thing that the most disappointed I was in this movie was that, that these two barely share anything to each other. And like, I want to say they've got good chemistry, but I don't know because you just don't get them enough together. You, you know, we, we talked about this um, recently, the, uh, the the documentary. Was it uh, Becoming James Bond? Uh, what's uh, the one Becoming with, Bond. No, the one with Daniel Craig, Barbara Broccoli, and Michael G. Wilson. Oh, uh, Being James Being Bond? James Yeah, whatever. The Apple one. Or, yeah, uh, yeah Crave TV here in Canada. But uh, so... In that, Barbara Broccoli tells a story about when she first got Daniel Craig in mind for James Bond. And she explains a scene in Elizabeth, which came out in 1998, eight years before uh, Casino Royale. In between Pierce Brosnan's second and third film, she saw, him walk, <laughs> <laughs> she saw him walk down a hallway and she's in, in Elizabeth. And she's like, if this man could walk down a hallway and have me glued to the screen, he can be James Bond and do whatever else he wants. Um, I got that moment in the movie, though, even though they didn't really do anything. The, the one shot right after the first big battle where you have Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford standing side by side, just sort of looking out at the aliens, you know, just posing. It's basically a poster shot. They don't use it for the poster because they would have been smart if they did. Um, that is like that moment of walking down the hallway. That's two guys who don't need to talk, who don't need chemistry. They just have to walk down a hallway or in this case, stand next to each other. And that's all you want in the movie. And then it never really happens again. Like how did the, the, uh, another famous movie, Ghostbusters, the famous story about Ghostbusters was they thought they were making this fun little movie. They didn't think it would be anything. And then the moment where they're running down the street with the proton packs on, they filmed that scene. And Ivan Reitman, the director, he saw that shot. And he's like, I just saw a shot that I think will live on forever. And it's such a simple shot. It's just three guys who just look iconic. You have these, this iconic pairing and they have that moment where they don't even have to speak. It is Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford and it doesn't have to be because you know them as James Bond or, or Indiana Jones or Han Solo. It's two guys who just have that much chemistry. How did Jon Favreau not see that shot of them and say, this is our movie? Because he was too busy thinking about making digital lions eight years <laughs> later. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer to that. Sorry, oh. I haven't spoken to John in a while. So I'll ask him next time well, we I, uh, will uh all right final battle any anything Dave? all right so like i said i've got plenty of complaints here to go on first of all plenty plenty <laughs> I, when we find out that the, the aliens uh thing is stealing gold again they spoil that revelation because they had that shot early on where there was the gold on the table and it got sucked through the roof um but i expected at this point in the movie when we finally see inside the alien spaceship for it to be lined with gold or see <laughs> Even bars of gold, like in Battlefield Earth, we see just stockpiles of gold behind bars. You know, the, the, whether they covet it for just the like Goldfinger, oh, I just love the color of it, the feel of it. Whether they use it for currency, you know, it, it, you're going to have it as like a vault. Whether they use it for building their ship or how about some armor on these bloody aliens that again just open wow. their chests and flash children. What is the scene where they just open themselves up? Are we supposed to believe that they, they're like the aliens in Independence Day, some type of biological armor suit and they just open up where they're basically flashing the kid and then he stabs them or whatever. Which is worse they're, than murder. Worse than murder, yes. They're completely vulnerable. Should they not be using this gold to create armor for themselves? The strongest gold, the strongest metal there is. Build their ship. We get inside their ship. It's dark. It's dank. It looks like it's built out of rock. 
What do they use the gold for? <laughs> we don't know. There's no purpose for gold being in this movie. You're so angry. I am. It's just ridiculous. I don't know why they want gold. <laughs> they don't use gold. <laughs> and the aliens, I don't know why they wouldn't use just, this gold. I just want this movie to make sense. Come on. <laughs> Give us a purpose. Uh, the big final fight wow. scene. Uh, we actually had some decent action scenes. I like the abduction scene early in the movie. At least the little bits where we see the abduction, the, the lassoing. That looks cool. It looks visually interesting. The the flying sequence where they're, I didn't even mention that earlier, where they're, they're grabbing onto that ship. That looks interesting. This whole climax just looks dull. It looks dark. It looks dank. It doesn't look visually interesting. And we know that these aliens have weapons. Because Daniel Craig stole one of the weapons. Why are the majority of these aliens just running around kicking and punching people? Like, this is the big battle. You can invade a planet. You have this technology. Daniel Craig has this technology. They're they're jumping. The, another weird movie, um, the Tim Burton version of Planet of the Apes. The big mm. revelation that apes just literally took over because they decided to declare war by punching and kicking humans who had guns. We're supposed to believe they took over a planet like that. How are these aliens taking anybody over? Why are they not using weapons? Why don't they have technology? Uh, the, the scene where the, they're flashing the kid and it just stabs them, they're even, they don't even have a problem with removing their armor. And like you said, you can shoot them and they're just dead suddenly. There's no explanation behind that. There's just no logic to this final fight scene. It doesn't look good. It doesn't play out as exciting. Um, the big climax of you know riding the ship into the sky the aliens are fleeing anyways. Like, what does it matter? I don't get why they have to blow it up all of a sudden. Maybe I missed something in this two hours and 15 minutes, just chock full of plot. Uh, yeah, it's going to come the, back anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, and why are these people in the ship? We never explain what they need the people for. Maybe they do and we just don't care. They do. I think uh, she says like they're experimenting or, you know, okay, anal so, probing. But they're all attached by this little lasso that's attached to them. It's loose. It's basically tethering them. When this ship takes off, I, I, there's going to be a lot of rocking back and forth. All these people are dead anyways because they're not seated. They're not standing. They're just, whoa, whoa. It's just nothing makes sense visually in this movie. Physics don't make sense. Um, all the, the big happy moments we get in the end, again, I mentioned it. Uh, every, oh, you remember me? Yes, yes, yes. You're, you're, you're my grandson. Oh, yeah, you're my husband. Uh, oh, hey, I'm your father. Who? <laughs> why is he just not have a memory and then like you said the hummingbird let's have a, i you know i i don't remember watching the movie the first time i remember watching him being underwhelmed not angry but underwhelmed and i was disappointed when i saw 15 minutes in this movie i'm like oh wait ben 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 picked the the extended cut I'm like well it, maybe this will explain i picked the extended cut I did, is this a it's, different you, you version sent it. yeah well the, the theatrical cuts like 15 minutes less Oh. And the, did you, your copy you work? I had to re-download this because the one I watched had like the five point one surround on it. So I'm starting to watch this, and all I'm getting is sound. So not that uh, I downloaded it, it illegally. My, it wouldn't work on my phone. It worked on my laptop, but it was legal. Oh. So I don't know what the problem. It's completely was, but... legal. I downloaded it directly from John when I talked to him recently. <laughs> so here you go, Ben. But fifteen extra minutes, at least as this movie was going along, I'm like, well. I bet it's going to start explaining things better. There's going to be more to it. It's going to be like Batman v Superman. You know, the extra things in it, it doesn't necessarily uh, give you more in the movie, but it, it, it explains different plot points a little bit better. Somehow I feel like this makes less sense at two hours and 15 minutes than it did at two hours. 
I, I didn't even realize this was any different. Like I didn't, I just thought this was a movie. Um, can I say, I don't think I've ever seen you as angry in a movie. I, I mean, I've done lots of movies. Titanic? With you, Colin. <laughs> no, I still feel like, like, you know, I probably wouldn't even be as angry if I didn't feel like I had to convince you how bad this movie was. Would you rather watch Titanic or this? Titanic. Cause I mean, at least there's 15 minutes of good stuff in that movie. You maybe have to sit through three hours to get to it. Diamonds are forever or this? Diamonds are forever. <laughs> day of the week. Well, good to see that that means you want to watch it every single day. And maybe <sighs> I'll isolate that clip. No, it wasn't that good. So, um, yeah, God, like. You want me to make it need- better? <laughs> yeah, say something brilliant about Die Another Day. Go. Come on. Uh, diamonds are forever, I mean. Come on. Say something that we can use right now. Oh, it's better than Die Another Day. <laughs> no, I can't use that. Uh, speaking of which. <laughs> There we go. You know that I have been counting that, like, in listening to all the episodes. I did what I said and was like, oh, you don't have a life, Ben. Well, I have been doing that. I've been counting. So I will have a final total of that soon-ish. And we'll continue to keep track of that. Um, All our listeners feel so sad for you right now. uh, And they haven't before? Uh, (laughs) Takes them, like, a hundred and, what, four episodes and go, oh, we like that, Ben. Oh, wait, no, I feel sad for him all of a sudden. Um, I guess before we get to our segments, um, this movie didn't do that well. Uh, just made over a hundred. Actually, this is in the box office. Thing. Why am I doing this? What am I doing, Ben? Um, go to the clip. Box office. And Peter Travers, he is a stupid idiot. But don't read his stuff. All right, thank you. Um, I don't know if we got Peter Travers, so anyway. Um, yeah, it only made $100,240,551 domestically, $74 million internationally, 174 worldwide. Uh, it ended the year in 30th place, just below Bad Teacher, and it narrowly beat out Nomeo and Juliet, which oh. why the fuck did Nomeo and Juliet make $99 million? That's embarrassing. Um, I, I do have a Peter Travers here, though. Oh, you do? Is he on the line, is yes. he? Hello, Peter. Yes, Rick, right here. Waiting for five um, years to talk to you, mate. How are you going? This isn't this isn't uh, his review, or I guess it's, it's a snippet, just a write-up of his review. And this article from Rolling Stone Magazine says, Peter Travers says that you're crazy if you think Cowboys and Aliens, the new movie starring Harrison Indiana Jones Ford and Daniel James Bond Craig is any good. The film in which aliens invade the old West has a clever premise and most nice uh, and, and most nice moments, but it's mostly just shooting blanks. Wow. I believe Colin does that as well. Um, <laughs> Not with the amount of kids I have. Well, touche. Um, <laughs> quick trivia question for you. What was the number one movie for 2011, Colin? Uh, uh... No, 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 no. Um, I have no idea. I'm, it's not going to be a Marvel movie. I don't think they were quite that big yet. The uh, highest Marvel movie was Tense that year, and that was Thor. Wow. <laughs> mm. uh, was it a Hobbit movie or a Hunger Games? It was a Hunger Games movie. No, it was a Harry Potter movie. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, number one. Oh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, part nine. I think they're uh, still well, yeah. splitting that book series. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, you've got Transformers, Dark of the Moon at 2, Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, part 1, and then The <laughs> Hangover, part... Remember when they used to just split things into two parts? Oh, like, man, I hated... You know, wasn't that the I dumbest think, thing? 
the the obviously the worst version of that was the hobbit because they took one book that is a children's book that's like 150 pages and turned into three 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 hour movies uh but I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of it I, I think the hunger games it sort of worked um but i actually i have fun editing those two-part movies into one i re-edited the hunger games movies into one i re-edited the hobbit movies into two uh, i'd like even though i don't like harry potter i'd like to see making the harry potter deathly hallows from nine movies into one i see i don't believe you that when you say the hobbit was a children's book 150 pages i've read like the epilogue of Lord of the Rings. The text is like <laughs> this big and it's on five pages, but it took me like eight hours to read the epilogue. So if like if the text is the size in The Hobbit as it was in The Lord of the Rings and 150 pages may as well be 8,000 pages because I've just, no, all right? Just no. Um, this opened uh, the weekend July 29 to 31, 2011, uh, and it was the number one movie that weekend just beating the Smurfs. By like $800,000. Crazy Another Stupid classics. Love also out that weekend. Uh, also, uh, Captain America, the first Avengers in its second week was third. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two was in its third week. Uh, oh, Friends with Benefits. Wait, is that the Natalie Portman or was that No Strings Attached? Oh, that was the oh, yeah, same it was movie. No Strings Attached. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. So anyway, um, and yeah, other reviews. Yeah, this is what got like a 44%, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Not very well received. Um, the critical says, Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford are as deeply dependable dependently appealing as ever, but they're let down by director John Favreau's inability to smooth cowboy and alien jarring tonal shifts. Eh. Um, yeah, there's lots of other stuff. Oh, there was an infringement lawsuit. Ooh. Um, oh, a historical legend. Although its name is not shown or mentioned, the capsized steamboat that appears in the film is presumed to be the Iron Mountain, which, according to legend, steamed out of Vickersburg, towing two barges. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Thanks, Wikipedia, for giving me that great update for that one. Uh, all right, uh, let's go to this segment. The Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. The Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which you didn't do anything here, apparently. <laughs> so did you Did you no, not I'm count sure. anything, or...? I barely was. I counted zero Bond, James Bonds. That's what I counted. <laughs> okay, well, so did I. So uh, zero James Bonds. Uh, no fucks, because he makes out with Olivia Wilde, right? But there's none, so... Yeah. Um, Martinis, well, I'm going for the alcohol here. I counted every time he had either a swig of whiskey or a shot. So there were five. So have that. Craig territory. Yes, let's yes. go with that. All right, cool. Now, kills, which, I mean, if you haven't counted, well, I'm right automatically. So <laughs> basically it all came from the, I only counted two at the beginning because that third guy, even though he looked dead, he only punched him. So I didn't count that as dead. Uh, he killed his, like, gang member. I think he killed another guy. But it was all the aliens, basically. So I had 20. Let's Kills. go with it. All right, wicked. Can we just right, we, can wicked. we can we just say twenty one and say the guy who got punched is dead too? Because if Daniel Craig's punching you, it's a death blow. No, uh, okay. for what, <laughs> Ben's right for once. Shut up. Um, all right. So after now, are, are we gonna are we gonna keep adding to this? Like, do we? I think we should. Like in terms of that, when we do our next six, like, and we rank them, I think we just keep going. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think yeah. we split it. So and I can also tell you, I'm pretty sure my rankings change in between movies. So I don't even know if I'll well, be ranking what I ranked last time. Uh, I've got them here. We'll get to that in a second. So I've got Bond James Bonds at one, which I believe was Roger Moore in uh, The Man Who Haunted Himself. Martinis were at nine. <laughs> Intimate Encounters, eight. And Kills are now at 18,038. 
So uh, <laughs> thank you, Zardoz, for giving us that lovely little uh, number. All right, let's go to this thing. It's the whole, the whole with the classic scenes. Hall of Fame. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this, Colin. <laughs> Uh, well, we should at least include the Finn opening. The yeah. <laughs> wakes up Daniel, with the, the bracelet. Daniel Craig wakes up in brackets, yes or no. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, can we put uh, the first I, alien attack on there? Yeah, I was going to say the first alien invasion. I like that. The first alien invasion. Um, yeah, I don't fucking even know. <laughs> You're struggling. I don't. I don't mind the bit when he jumps on the spaceship and he falls. That's kind of cool action scene. But um, actually, no. I like. I like the um, the Paul Dano bit when he's shooting because I just love Daniel Craig like knee him in the balls. Like I just. Oh, kind of, yeah. I, I like that bit. Like, can we do that? Wow, bit? There, let's do it, and then we could actually say all the best stuffs in the first thirty minutes of this Paul movie. Paul <laughs> Dano standoff and nut shot. All right. Cool. <laughs> Works for me. All right, let's go to... Rankings, baby. Rankings. I'm going to say, given that I haven't seen No Time to Die, um, do, do you realise that, what, in like a month or so, we get to, for the first time in five years, we get to do this for that? Are you excited? Like, you know? If I finish the movies by then, maybe. <laughs> were, you, were, were you counting the... No, I meant just like these segments in general. Were you like oh, yeah. loosely counting the kills in your head while you're watching it or like the, Not the sexes yet. or no. the martinis? Well, it, the- it was on the second viewing that I had where it got close to the end of the movie. I'm like, ooh, you know what? Uh, I might want to keep track of the kills next time. <laughs> All right, good. I'm good to know that there's a lot, um, or a little. Uh, so, okay. Uh, do you before you rank this? Do you remember your rankings, or do you need me to refresh yourself? I don't remember my rankings, but I want you to refresh uh, me. Uh, it's not going to change, but I want you to refresh it because I think that it's changed since the last time we did this. Because you did the last. Because I listened to the November Man like uh, probably today or yesterday when we recorded this, and you changed them in between that. So you have Zardoz at five. The Man Who Haunted Himself at 4, Beautician of the Beast at 3, November Man at 2, Man from Hong Kong at 1. Yeah, I think so. that's that's the main thing. Man from Hong Kong keeps getting better for me each time I think about it. And it shouldn't. It's a great B movie, but uh, I think that it is the best B movie I've seen in a long time. Uh, so was that, that, that starring was Jerry Seinfeld and Casper enjoyed watching it? Or? He, he did until he saw what the real bees look like. The B <laughs> movie? No, that's bad joke. Whatever happened to the B movie? Oh, they never made the Mosquito movie or the Dragonfly movie. They didn't. All right. So, all right. Well, where do I respect? This is last? I actually was curious if I had put November Man first because I was about to say I'm going to change it to Man Who Haunted Him. Or not Man Who Haunted Myself. Man from Hong Kong first. So, yeah, it's staying the same for all my rankings. Man from Hong Kong, number one. November Man, number two. Um Petition the Beast 3, Man Who Haunted Himself 4. I'm so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it's really between this and Zardoz. I'm going to stand by my statement earlier on that I would have an easier time rewatching Zardoz over this because at least you could have fun watching it. But it is not as well made of a movie as this one. So I'm not going to 
put this dead last because oh, I don't think I could ever. I, I, I don't think I could live myself if I actually said that Zardoz was a better movie than this. If Can we're you going honestly for, say you have ever seen a better, uh, like a worse movie than Zardoz? Seriously. I, maybe not. <laughs> a more bizarre movie, I don't think. But yeah, so I'm going to put this as fifth and then Zardoz will be dead last. I, I still like, again, I, I know I said on the Zardoz episode that I have said many times that this is the worst movie I've ever seen. But since seeing Zardoz, I have not seen a worse movie. So that still holds that title for me. All right. So, okay. My rankings. Number six. Zardoz. Well, number five, Zardoz, I should say. All right. Okay. Right, last. And then we have The Man Who Haunted Himself. So that was fourth. It's going to stay in fifth. Sorry, Roger. I'm quite disappointed in you, Ben. Get <laughs> fucked, Roger. Right, sorry. At number three, I had the man from Hong Kong. That is now going to be a number four. Sorry, George. Sorry, sorry. At number two, I had the November man. Pierce and Jack Smiggin, the Nolga and and the gang. That is now going to be a number three. Oh, no. Sorry, Pierce. At number one, I had the beautician and the freaking beast. And that is going to stay at number one because Cowboys and Aliens is going to be number two. Um, I'm as happy with this not being your number one as you are with this not being my dead last. (laughs) Look, I I really did enjoy this film much more than I thought I would. But, like, if I have to, like, think about it, if I'm just, like, going to put on a movie... I'm going to put on The Beautician and the Beast because, like, it's, it's, it's dumb, it's silly. Like, literally interviewing Fran Dresser and uh, Ken Quappas has made me like it more. Um, and, like, it makes me happy to think that, like, I honestly thought that of all these movies, you were going to have that last. I really, really <laughs> thought you would have you to, like, oh, Ben, like, you're just not doing this for me. It's a top half movie for you. So happy. You even bumped that up in the last episode. So... Uh, yeah, number two, Cowboys and Aliens. I enjoy this film. It's got so many problems. I agree with so many of what you say. Uh, but, like, look, let's be honest here. Of all these six movies ever watching round one, none of these are probably ever going to rank. Like, honestly, if you were to rank these against the 24 Bond films or the 25 Bond films, because some of us have seen that one, um, I would probably put maybe the first three you know, November Man, Cowboys and Aliens, and Beautician and the Beast. The three most modern films, Ben. Um, yeah, I'd probably watch each of them ahead of Moonraker, Thunderball, and probably Quantum. Other than that, I would watch all the other Bond movies over these. I don't know how you would feel, like, but I, that's loosely what I would probably do. I mean, Man from Hong Kong um, is probably the one where I would really... I really enjoy the November Man, but... Even License to Kill and Die Another Day and Diamonds Are Forever, which are like my bottom three movies. Uh, I, I still would probably go, if I were on TV at the same time, I might go out of my way to watch even License to Kill, Die Another Day. Uh, wow. It's just because it is James Bond. But as far as what are enjoyable movies, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I think that these top three movies are probably more enjoyable or at least on level with some of the worst Bond movies. Especially Man from Hong Kong. That one I would actually legitimately put up there. See, that's where my bottom three, like, I'd probably watch Moonraker then over any of the other three. Um, And again, like, I'm with you. It's a bomb movie. Like, and as I've said on this show, like, even though I dislike Moonraker, I'm still going to watch it over probably a large portion of films because it's a bomb movie. So there you go. Uh, Which I guess from this point on, so our next episode... Are we going to do another? We're not doing another episode before the spoiler alert. <laughs> another so. preview on No Time to Die. 
our next, so obviously it should be all no time to die centric right now. I have not listened to the spoiler free review because I've, I've completely avoided everything. I've seen like two tweets by Nicholas Susick, which have made me question things, but whatever. But basically our next episode in three weeks from the moment we're recording this, about two, two and a bit weeks when we release three weeks, basically, I think we're releasing this the day after we've recorded this. We will, I get to finally see No Time to Die. So we will all be coming together. Ew. Um, to, <laughs> it's been a while. It's due to happen. Um, we're finally, we can have a civilized conversation with Ben and it will be a spoiler episode. So if people remember our Spectre one, we basically all just sort of got on an episode together and talked and thoughts. And then that ultimately will then lead into a full recap when it's get released digitally. So, um, can I just, before we then work out our next six films and talk about this, can I just quickly ask you, Colin, um, I don't know what I can ask you without you spoiling it. Uh, are you looking forward to talking about spoilers and finally having, there's probably something that you're just dying yeah. to talk to me about basically about this film. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, basically as soon as Noah and I stopped recording the episode, we probably spent another 45 minutes talking about all the stuff we couldn't talk about because it was spoiler free. Uh, so there's, there's plenty. And some of my opinions have changed even since seeing it. Uh, the second time, you know, uh, pick up on new things. Uh, but getting your take on it will be interesting. Uh, and I'm almost jealous that you do get to talk spoiler, uh, completely spoiler filled on your yeah, first jealous episode. I haven't because... seen it. Uh, you've seen it twice and I've been waiting <laughs> another three weeks for it to come out. I'm not that jealous, but <laughs> I, I, I think that you're, you're, you're lucky that you don't have to watch what you're saying uh for so long but it, it'll be fun and um you know then we get to do 16 more episodes on no time to die after that which is the thing i talked to Noah about which is really odd that i find is that the one thing well many things are i hate not seeing it is that i kind of can't take on board the like it feels weird to me knowing that there is literally a new james bond movie out there and i i can't like revel in the hype yeah. or the bad or the good or i don't even know if it's done well at the box office i i i, I don't know anything i've deliberately avoid and it feels weird knowing that it's out there and by the time i see it like all that hype's dead by then and like you know people are moving on to oh we just elba finally got cast so <laughs> um it's odd but anyway but we will be continuing on our series here so we will do another six and we'll kind of do it in blocks of sixes but we don't know when our first one will be uh at some point next year we've got a whole string of episodes we've written a list people so uh what are our next six so we've kind All of right. loosely gone over these so uh, i guess we'll just keep the same order we'll do it in order of the bonds so what's our sean connor are we doing entrapment I think Entrapment, I, I want to throw uh, a couple of movies out there to potentially do in the future, but I do think Entrapment's the, the easiest one to do is the next. But okay. The the Rock would be a great one to do at one point. Um, yep. Finding Forrester, obviously, is oh, most acclaimed movie. movie. Uh, and actually, One Medicine Man, which I remember seeing as a kid before I even knew James Bond was a thing. Uh, and I probably haven't seen it since then, but I've recently discovered that Jamie's mom is apparently obsessed with Medicine Man. Like, it might be her favorite movie of all time. Uh, which is a Sean Connery in a rainforest. <laughs> and he's got big, big ponytail. So that's interesting. Well, but yeah, the I, last I, time I, we I saw him with it. a ponytail, that didn't turn out too well. <laughs> so I don't know about that. But yeah, I think Entrapment is such an obvious choice. Uh, and I also like that we're switching things up where we'll pick a Bond actor doing a Bond-like role and then we do something that not. The first Connery movie we did, it was not Bond-like at all. Let's pick something that's a little bit more Bond-like. I mean, who doesn't want to see 
two sexy people in Catherine Zeta-Jones and Sean Connery macked on in the Patronus Towers, a place I've been to. So, uh, and we can we please do Sir Billy? Apparently, even worse than Zardoz at one point. Like, just- <laughs> Apparently terrible. All right, Mr. Lazenby. So the other one, the backup one we had for Lazenby was Universal Soldier, which yeah, was his the first. Van Damme one, but well, that was one. his first movie after Bond. Um, mm-hmm. I'm seeing here. So uh, there's a movie called Stoner uh, <laughs> that he did, uh, and obviously we are going to do Becoming Bond, but that's obviously a different. That'll be sort of a side one. So uh, is is it Universal Soldier? or Have you got another one yeah. for this? No, no, so I think do. Universal Soldier was the obvious choice. We almost okay. did that the first time around. I think yeah, the that, only reason we, we switched to Man from Hong Kong was because the Australia connection. And I think it's because, yeah, because that, that was the backup. Because I think Universal Soldier was on YouTube from memory and like it was like, oh, mm-hmm. we might not be able to find the Man from Hong Kong. All right, so Mr. Roger Moore. Like I was fighting for, um, is it The Quest? No, not The Quest. Um, the Man Who Wouldn't Die, the one with uh, Eric McCormick in it. That was the one I, I was fighting for. But do you have another one for this or...? When Noah brought it to our attention that Roger Moore played Sherlock Holmes and Patrick McNee played Watson, like I was really intrigued by that. Um, so I don't know what was the man who uh, haunted someone. The man else who wouldn't die. <laughs> uh, so that that was I know that's on YouTube. Um, it's a 1995 movie. Um, basically, he is a ex-British novelist who wrote a series of acclaimed stories. Uh, now living in America, there's. Uh, I, I feel like if I read this, I'm going to spoil the whole movie. I, I really don't know anything about it. It's got Nancy Allen in it, Malcolm McDowell, Jackson Davies, Eric McCormick, Kevin McNulty's in it. Uh, but I mean, look, if you, if you, I mean, the one I, thing I'll say too, you talk about the balance of it. I think it'd kind of be interesting to like, we've done like older, we've done an old Connery movie and old Roger Moore movies. This is kind of a modern Roger Moore movie and we're doing a modern, you know what I mean? Like we've got to sit it up. I, I just really feel like how how can we turn down Bond and Tibbetts first right. pairing? Well, what movie is that? What's that called? <laughs> Sherlock Holmes in New York. Sherlock. Oh, well, I mean, it's in New York. So there you go. Sherlock <laughs> Holmes in, well, James Bond in New York or whatever it is, 007. All right. Okay. This is, I love how we're doing this on air. All right. Now, I think Dalton's the only one that we haven't really come up with something, have I, we? I found, oh, you have. Okay. I found something that's this, that sounds kind of interesting. I was looking through his filmography yesterday again. I was so bored during um, the, uh, the the movie. <laughs> well, you know, you're bored if you're looking up <laughs> Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Um, so Timothy Dalton did in the mid 80s a horror film oh. uh, that was produced by Mel Brooks, of all people. Oh, wow. <laughs> called The Doctor and the Devils. And okay. when I give you the co-star of this, you're also going to get why this should be the pick. It stars Timothy Dalton and Jonathan Price. Oh, okay. So I'm looking at this now. Um, who else is in it? Twiggy. Stephen Jim- Ray. Stephen Ray. That now sounds familiar. Um, Sean Curry as policeman. Uh, oh, Lennon McGuire, the, the esteemed. All right. I'm always down for a movie I've never heard of. I'm just writing these down so I can uh, remember these. The Doctor and the Devils. Of course, if we can't find these, we may have to uh, do yeah. that. Now, th- now the Brosnan one I, I got excited for was, I think you said it's like a Gerard Butler in it and he's like a, he kidnaps people in a car or something like that. Yeah, or? it's got like 16 different titles. Uh, it was released here called Shattered. Um, I think the, the official title is something about a butterfly. But yeah, it's Pierce Brosnan as a villain, Gerard Butler. I, I actually really like that movie. I think we should also talk about whether we should do the Taylor of Panama just for him kind of doing a spy movie that he's uh, we just not did a, a nice guy in it. In it so. Cause the other one I was thinking was after the sunset, the heist movie with Woody Harrelson and Salma Hayek. 
I say butterfly on a wheel because it's also a Canadian movie, apparently. So yeah. it's a, it's a, and like looking at the poster, it's literally Pierce Brosnan's face in a rearview mirror with massive letters Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> There's also Maria Bello in it. So yeah. come on, oh, that's great cast. Itself. I remember so, with that movie, butterfly uh, on a wheel. I'm seeing it here. Yeah, or shattered or whatever else you want to call it. But yeah, I okay. remember a friend of mine telling me we were talking about Pierce Brosnan. Uh, and he was like, oh, did you ever see that movie Gerard Butler? I mean, he never made a movie with Gerard Butler. And then I sort of looked it up and it happened to be on TV like a couple days later. And oh, it, it's that that one I'm really excited about if that's what we're going to pick. So Bond and nearly Bond. And like, again, I'm not a massive Gerard Butler fan, but uh, anyway. All right. So hey, come on. Daniel Craig, is it layer cake? Were we just going to go straight for that? I mean, I, again, I was, I'm always going to say Logan Lucky, but he's not really the star. So how can yeah. we... Well, I, w- I was thinking layer cake or enduring love. Cause I think I mentioned enduring love on a past episode. That's the one with him and Reese Iphens where Reese Iphens kind of becomes obsessed with him. It's it's like an obsession <laughs> movie. Is that, uh, is that like a movie. really old, I mean, no, it yeah. came out, I think round Casino Royale or maybe a year before. What's it called? Enduring love. In- 2004. Enduring love. So yeah. I mean, look, I'll, I'll let you choose that. I mean, look again, Lo- I mean, Logan Lucky, he's third, he's third build basically in Logan Lucky. I think because um, we did a cowboy movie where he's not very James Bond, like let's do layer cake, which was essentially his audition for Bond. Okay. So to, to clarify Sean Connery, it will be entrapment. Uh, George Lazenby will be universal soldier, not the Jean-Claude Van Damme one. Um, Roger Moore will be Sherlock Holmes in New York. Timothy Dalton will be doctor and the devils. Uh, Pierce Brosnan will be a butterfly on a wheel slash shattered or whatever it's called and layer cake Daniel Craig and Idris Elba what Idris, sorry what Idris Elba film are we going to do um, by the time we actually finish this next miniseries we'll do Bond 26 <laughs> we, we, we are so just quickly we are obviously going to do a who will be the next Bond type episode at some point early next year probably after we do our, our recap for No Time to Die and then our Daniel Craig Redux episode so then we'll probably do the Bond one but can we like legitimately when whenever they announce the Bond I think that would be a cool project to maybe like take a break from these and then just say do five episodes or whatever of the Henry Cavill feel like you know mm-hmm. or like whatever and also too we we did talk about doing the Austin Powers movies at some point in between I don't know if we're going to do them before we do the next six or we're we just going to get into the next six and do I well, I think mm. we should do the three Austin Powers movies before the next six yeah. that's just me you want to? Well, I don't know. I don't. Well, I don't know if we'll do it before the next six, but uh, we should definitely do that. And also, Noah brought to our attention uh, Stephen Chow. I don't know if you're might be a foreign filmmaker you're familiar with. Did you ever see Kung Fu Hustle or Shaolin Soccer? Uh, Colin, think about the answer to that question and move on. <laughs> Those were like big movies, even outside of uh, you know Asia. So, uh, but yeah, he made a. I guess his first movie was a James Bond parody from Beijing with Love, and that one sounded interesting too. So, yeah, I think we should we should plan a mini series of just Bond parodies where we group the awesome powers in. I know we talked about doing Spy Hard as uh, well. Johnny and, English. Johnny English, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind would doing them one. separately, though, but, like, do you want to kind of lump them all in, like, do the Austin Powers trilogy versus the... Because I, I think you could do them all separately. Yeah, you could do them separately, especially because the first one's good and the others aren't. <laughs> oh, get off it. Um, and, like, I guess, too, because, like, that kind of alternates the commentary. So, I guess, obviously, we're going to do... We've still got three commentaries we want to do, which is Cinero Royale 54, 67, and uh, Never Say Never Again. And we will ultimately do a No Time to Die commentary, of course, probably next year at some point. Um, but can I just... Sorry, I'm just thinking about the fact that I'm going to sit in front of a computer and be watching No Time to Die like it's nothing. And right now he's begging to see the movie for the first time. So anyway, um, sweet, cool. All right. Um, this has been Cowboys and Aliens. We've got little angry pants over here. 
Uh, I've enjoyed this first six series of recaps. It's been a fun little project. I'm glad we're doing it. I'm looking forward to the next six. But yes, our next episode, No Time to Die, spoiler episode. Yay, Ben Mortalus will be able to finally see it until the next lockdown happens and I won't be able to fucking see it. Something will happen. Something will do whatever. And uh, But uh, look forward to that. Like, subscribe, Patreon, all that fun business. And that's all I've got to say. My name is Ben and... What's a quote I've written down here? Do you mind following me to the office so we can have a little chat? Okay, we'll go with that one. Uh, and my name is Colin, and I'm the rootinest, tootinest cowboy in the Wild West. Palms to heaven, friend. Reach for the sky. two kinds of men get shot, criminals and victims. Well, which one are you? I don't know. You got a name, friend? I don't know that either. Just what do you know? English. I'm sorry, Docs. Bad fortune has to be taken out on you good people in the hat. You too? You want to watch where you point that thing before you get hurt. Listen, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt because maybe you don't know who I am. My name's Ella. Where'd you get your bracelet? There's something you know about me, Liddy. You don't remember anything, do you? What do you want? I know you're looking for something. So am I. Well, good luck to you. When the kind of man goes around blowing up other people's cows and tells a bullshit story like this. It's all the same. I'd like to ride along, too. Yes, ma'am. Got a kid and a dog. Why not a woman? A woman? I don't know much about boats. I'd say that one's upside down. How many boys we got left? About the same. Which is... 30? your guns on the whore. He so much as twitches, blow our brains out of her ear. You call her a whore again, it'll be the last word you ever say. Kill the whore. That wasn't very nice. That wasn't very nice. I'm sorry, but I couldn't tell you. You're one of them. No, I'm from a different place. I took this form so I could walk among you. You should have told me. I didn't know if I could heal this body. What the fuck?! What do you what do you mean? What does that mean? Oh, yeah. Another what? Says you shouldn't. I mean I shouldn't talk. I got questions. Do yeah, You're a guest of the chief. I'm now I'm a guest. I thought I was a prisoner. What do the hell am I? Right, you're both big men, great warriors. Can we just listen to the woman tell her story or whatever she is? What are they doing here? They want gold. I love gold. Well, that's just ridiculous. What are they gonna do? Buy something? Don't you remember me, boy? I'm sorry. I don't remember much. I am your father. Oh. Shut up.